0: My best friends in a gun rack. I'm a low life. I owe everybody money. I think racist jokes are funny. I'm a low life. I got a dirty mind. A gutter mouth. I'm making time. I'm going out with your wife. Cause I'm a low life.
1: What's up, motherfuckers? We are back with another episode of the Low Life Motherfuckin' Chop Podcast.
2: Welcome to your (laughs) fucking Fridays, Low Lifes. It's good to have you back. We got a fantastic episode for you guys tonight with a guest from far, far away making some cool-ass shit. (laughs) Far, far away. The galaxy far, far away making some fucking leather goods that... We're gonna tickle your fancy. But before we get into that and a whole bunch of other shit, let's kick this thing off the way we
1: always do. With those motherfucking sponsors. Up first, we got this month's giveaway sponsor. Tell him who it is. Deep Six Cycles. He's given away a dope set of brass shorty pegs that he like does some vintage shit on. They look fucking dope. They're, They're amazing. Look cool. We shared a bunch of pictures. He shared a bunch of pictures. Make sure you're part of the Patreon and make sure you're following Deep6Cycles or you will not win. And make sure
2: we know your Instagram name and where you live.
1: God. <laughs> Speaking
2: of last episode, let's go ahead and pop your fucking, <laughs> pop, your, uh, pop your state in your bio. Just, just fucking because, right? Who knows what giveaways we might do in the future that it could be helpful for. Uh, yeah, take a look at the picture of those pegs, they are fucking sick, I do like that antiquing, whatever that process is that he puts on them, they look fantastic, check them out. If you're wondering how to get involved, all you gotta do is go to patreon.com slash lowlifechopperpodcast and jump in at the giveaway level supporter and you're automatically entered in. Do the drawing at the end of each month and you might just be going home with some cool ass shit. Next up, we've got Paco, 50 years in the game, It's no goddamn accident. If you need hardtail frames, exhausts, transmission components, all the shit for your chops, you can get it at Paco.com or, excuse me, Paco Parts on Instagram, if you want to check out some pictures of what they're making over there, oil tanks too, I always forget to say oil tanks, except for this time. Check them out. Give him a follow. Let him know Low Life
1: Boy sent you. Next up. Do you want the next one? We got Custom Destruction. The homie Wes bringing you the dopest motherfucking helmets in the game. Not to mention, probably the same price as all these huge name fucking companies, but this one's custom fit to you. It's exactly the same price, yeah. Yeah, so it's like the average price for your everyday fucking helmet, but this one's fully custom to you, doesn't look like a fucking bowling ball on the top of your head, and you can get that motherfucking Hawaiian print on the inside of the helmet. So hit up your boy Wes at Custom Destruction, tell him the motherfucking homies from Lola Chopper Podcast sent you, and get yourself a helmet that makes the ugliest motherfuckers look good. That's gotta be the slogan from now
2: on. <laughs> I was gonna say, if he doesn't start putting that on the website, I feel like that's a missed opportunity. Uh, let's see, we got chopcult.com. Lisa, seven years strong over there. Oh, finally getting into that bud light. <laughs> Tired of looking at that coffee. It's time to start looking at something else. Lisa been holding it down over there, longtime supporter of the show. We appreciate the hell out of it. Chopcult is a fantastic site where you can got Forums, if you want to do a build thread. you got the classifieds to scoop those parts you need, which, by the way, might have a front end for sale. I'm going up on the fucking Chop Cult classifieds. Uh, we've got... You've got the Brolydex. Scroll through there, see who's riding around in your area, and shoot Lisa a message. Chop Cult on Instagram. Tell her she does a great job. Next up, we've got Lucky Horseshoe Customs out of Denver, Colorado. Holding it down over there with some of the best fabrication projects you've ever seen. These guys really do everything. They do the bike stuff. They do commercial building stuff. They do high-level welding and fabrication that goes in million-dollar homes. These guys really do a mix of everything. So follow Lucky Horseshoe Customs, uh, and actually I think it's Lucky Horseshoe Customs LLC on Instagram. Give those boys a follow and check out some of the shit you need. And if you're in the Denver area and you need fabrication done, that is the place. That's it. That's it? So these it. motherfucking shoutouts. What do you got? I know you got like seven million probably this week. This has been I, a big week. You want to tell people why it's been a big week? In case they fucking sleep under a rock. So
1: yeah, if you guys are just fucking dumbfounded or retarded. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chopper Fisher released the first, uh, three pictures of my white trash shovelhead build for the motherfucking Greasy Dozen on Tuesday, and the response has been... Pandemonium. um, Yeah, it's been fucking bananas. So, if you haven't checked that out, uh, you can go to my page, Locktack's Chop Shop, or go to Chopper Fisher, and, uh, listen... I know there isn't a fuckload of details in those pictures, and that's for good reason. That's because the man is putting in hours and hours and hours of editing and shooting a video um, for the bike. So we want to save some of the details for that shit. So be on a motherfucking lookout for that shit. Shout out to Chopper Fisher.
2: Next shout out goes to the homie up in Canada, Clayton Cotton. <laughs> Canada. Finally, he says, late, but finally done with the fab work and tearing down for paint. Look at this thing. Springer with a King Queen XS. I've been following his build. Thing is looking mean as fuck, dude. I like it. That's a sick looking garage, too. I don't know where you're working out of, but
1: you
2: got like two leather couches, big ass graffiti wall, more gas cans than anybody ever needs. They're all full so of maple I've always
1: Sarah. said I'm going to put, I even got a fucking couch from Astro Man. That I still haven't gotten, but, um, I've been saying I'm going to put a a couch in my shop forever. And it's like, I got no fucking room for that shit. Right. Zero room. No real estate available for a fucking couch. Yeah, dude, not at all. But it would be so nice. It would. Like, think about, like, when you're, like, thumbing through a fucking manual. Would it be so nice, like, sit back on a couch, throw your leg up, and just, like, actually being able to read the fucking thing without, like, hunched over on a fucking... Little stool. That's true. I have the
2: uh I got the computer chair out there. Oh okay, the computer chair is a fucking must. That that's pretty handy. Must. But my uh my brothers just for Father's Day just got me the uh the red swivelly chair. Which oh, yeah. is kinda dope because a lot of times you've seen the one bay of the garage with the welder on one side and then the lift right next to it. It's kinda tight in there sometimes. The swivelly chair is kinda wide. Yeah. It's it's really a pain in the ass to get it in and between. Then I thought there. she
1: was the lolly yeah, dude, those that things fucks you fucking bad up. in that shop. If you didn't have those, your shop would be like prime. It would it'd be the same fucking size, but it would look massive. Right.
2: The other thing that makes it look small as fuck is that the ceiling being so low.
1: Yeah, the ceiling was super low. If the ceiling was high, it would look
2: significantly
1: bigger. Agreed. I don't but want to I also hate... Over there, bud. I hate that I have such high ceilings in my shop because I can't use the plugs on the ceiling. That's got, true. That I need a ten foot fucking ladder. Right. You know what I mean? I just I don't have that shit.
2: <laughs> yeah. would not you guys like climb up there in the beginning when you first got the shot? Amy like take did. The smoke detector down.
1: Amy climbed up the ramp that I used to load motorcycles into my truck with, and smashed all my smoke detectors because they needed batteries. That's the only way to do it. So if my shop catches on fire, I just don't know. <laughs> you just call Amy. Come put this out. Shout out to whiskey. <laughs> That's it. Uh, what else you got for shout outs? Uh, shout out to John Luke. This is definitely not going to be the right way to say your last name. De Stefano. De Stefano. De Stefano. I can almost guarantee it's De Stefano. Yeah. Ah. Well, I'm going to say De Stefano. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on the Low Life Job <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> uh, just shout out to him hitting us up. Um, he has the company Stay Strong Co. Um, I actually checked out some of his shit. He's got some pretty rad shit. So, go over there and check it out. Next shout out goes to Gregory Goals.
2: Also just joined the Big Twin Club. <gasps> Said it came with all the dad chrome and shit grips. <laughs> oh, okay. shit. This thing is... Look at this right here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pick that uh, pick that beauty up. What the, what's this? This is a Dyna because it got the fucking exterior shocks. With the narrow glide, God save you if you if you have a wide glide. Apparently, on the Dyna, your dog's a big fan of this wool blanket. Yeah, that's his jam. He sleeps on that one, so he's gonna fucking. He's like, I'm gonna eat this motherfucker. Yeah, so we're down here with Bandit in the studio.
1: <laughs> we thought he could be trusted. He obviously can't be trusted down here. <laughs> can't be. Um, yeah, Grease's dog is literally. I think I'm pretty sure he's taller than I am. I would almost put money on it that he is. Yeah, he's supposed to get up to 90 pounds. Right now, he's Standing like, up, how tall do you think he is? Definitely it, taller than me. There's
2: a picture on the Nick J. Farrow Instagram of him standing up, and his paws are just on my shoulders. Looks like we're slow dancing. Yeah, 100% he's taller than me, then. He's like almost my I think height. I'm like yeah. up to your
1: shoulders. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fucking... He's long, so when he gets on his back legs, he's just super fucking tall. When he sits on the couch next to my daughter, he's like a full head higher
1: than her. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's, he's a house wolf. That's basically the deal. Uh, shout out to the homie at Steel City Blacksmithing. He was just blessed with another motherfucking baby. Fucking brand new baby. Oh, shit. Popping up. So, uh, take a second out of your busy ass life and go give him a congratulations, motherfuckers. Congrats, homie. Let's see. We got uh, Brandon Sparks. Shout
2: out to Brandon Sparks for trying to hook it up with some spoked wheels. Um, But it's expensive as fuck to ship wheels. And uh, shout out to, like I said, to all the other people that hit me up about wheels that were far away. And it just costs more than the goddamn wheel to ship the wheel. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I feel like wheels are locals only. He got a hold of me about a brake...
1: Uh, a brake setup. Oh, I thought he said he had a wheel for you. I think Amy said that he that Rob might. No, have I talked, talked to Rob, Rob, and I could have sworn he said he had a wheel for you. He might. Maybe I'm wrong. I,
2: don't, I have no fucking idea. I, th- you know what? He might have hit me up about it. But it's another thing. It's like le- I got. I can wait till we get together. And you have to figure out we're gonna run for a front end. Okay, so uh, we'll get into that later. Yeah. We got some updates. Yeah, and potentially
1: I got some shit to sell. So we'll get into that later. We'll get into that some motherfucking interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, shout out to the man the myth the legend chicken fry choppers this dog is going to town on this blanket um, shout out to Chicken Rick doing a 40k giveaway you know Chicken Rick is god I hate to say it but I think Chicken Rick is the motherfucking man of the people uh, he's doing a giveaway it looks like he's throwing in a fuckload of stickers um, looks like you get the Run Lean... What is it? Yeah, Run, run lean, lean... Run
2: Mean. Yeah, Run
1: Lean, Run Mean shirt. The Neighborhood Nightmare shirt. He's got um, some Z-bars that are slotted and drilled for internal wiring. Um, got the latest Zarkin Foods magazine and a few goodies from uh, Chop Shit themselves. Um... It's 100% a free giveaway For anyone in the world to enter Simply follow Chicken Fry Choppers And Old Man Motors And repost the picture That's on his page With the hashtag Chicken Fry Choppers That's People it People are taking advantage
2: of this I've seen this picture everywhere
1: Yeah So that's all you gotta do To get entered into this. And these bars are fucking dope So Get your ass over there That new Zarkin Fruit magazine Looks Fucking dope. That cover is sick. Also, for anybody that's wondering, Zarkin Fruits... Oh. Never mind. I retract that. Okay. Um. Yeah, the new Zarkin Fruits cover is... The fucking artwork is dope. Dope, dope, dope. Pulling it up. So sick.
2: Has he got it posted
1: on the Zarkin Fruits page? <laughs> Man. Oh, damn, dude. That is sick. The artwork is dope. Issue six. So, uh... Either way, get over to Zarkin Fruits. And, uh, I think he changed the name, though, didn't he? Yeah, it's Top End Magazine now. Yeah, so go to Top End Magazine on Instagram and order this new issue. It looks fucking dope. Perfect. I think, uh...
2: I don't think I have any more shout-outs. I think we're ready to roll into this motherfucking interview. Unless you get some more.
1: Um, I don't have any shout-outs. So roll into this motherfucking interview.
2: All right, guys. We are on the phone with Nick Toledo, a.k.a. RBC Leather Design. Welcome to the show, bud. Hey, thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. I was uh, anticipating
3: this. You know, I've been waiting for it.
2: Ah, that's what we like to hear, man. I'm excited. We're, we're stoked to have you on. We've been looking through all of your work and you do some really incredible stuff with the leather side of things. Just before we jumped on the air too, we, we got a little a video tour as we're doing this video call of the garage. So we got a lot to talk about there too. But I guess the, the best place for us to get started is um, how, did you get, how did you get started with riding? And then we'll kind of dive down into all the other stuff that you're into as well. Um, well, riding was uh, for me, honestly, it was part of our,
3: our part of the family growing up. Um, you know, I was around bike guys all the time. Um, you know, my dad knew a bunch of bikers. Uh, one of his best friends was a hell's angel back in the day when I lived in Sylmar. Um, those guys were always getting drunk and fighting all the time. Cops always at my house. <laughs> but I always liked the bikes. The bikes are badass. So, yeah. you know, I actually didn't own a motorcycle until I was out of the service, I, but I've ridden them. You know, I was, um, I guess, you know, like I said, I've ridden bikes. They're always loaners and shit, but sure. other than that, like, I never really had any real experience until I bought a bike in like, I think it was like 2000 or something like that, really. So, How old were you when you, bought your, when you bought the first one? Oh, I think, let me say
2: 2000, I was just out of the service. I was probably like maybe 20, 22, 23 years old.
3: So oh no! Nice. Like that.
2: Okay. yeah, I was actually I was around the same age when I first started. What uh, what branch? Uh, Navy. I was in the Navy. Nice. Um, I served
3: in the Gulf. Uh, worked as a combat medic there. I was a corpsman till I cross rated to damage control, and then I was a shipboard firefighter at that point, working with, um, you know, all them hardy hull technicians. You know, the ship ship welders and pipe fitters. You know, those
2: guys ah. Know there us. you go. I didn't want to be a guy sitting in the AC all the time right? I guess. Get the hands dirty a little bit. We appreciate the service, man. That's, that's awesome. Um, So when I, you mentioned too, that, that, uh, you had some people coming over when you were younger on some pretty cool bikes. What, uh, were these guys on chops? Did you see any age? Yeah, man. It's, it's literally something that I,
3: um, as far as I can remember, you know, um, I seen them doing a lot of cutting and chopping and, things like that in the garage so as far as like any them actually being like skilled welders or fucking licensed people they were not (laughs) you know i mean they they literally i mean as you know people always try to copy that era you know um actually seen them i seen them doing it and they would literally take a fucking piece of their wrought iron fence falling apart and make a sissy bar out of it or they would do something, something weird like that with like chains and just right. crazy stuff. I've seen foot pegs out of chains. I've seen bikes built with out of chain. You know, I seen that. There was one that was being built on a magazine that I was just like,
2: uh, oh, that's
3: cool." i have seen that already. <laughs> you know,
2: when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. Well, it's so cool to to have experienced it when you were younger. That was always something that uh, I did not see any bikes as a as a kid, other than like watching shows on TV, I always feel like that's a, that's a cool thing to have been able to get your hands on and actually see it in front of you as a, as a small child, you know? Right.
3: Uh, it, was ba- I was, it was cool. I, I mean, like I said, I was around a lot of tough guys, you know, and a lot of bikers and things like that. So it wasn't until after, like, my dad decided he was going to stop drinking that we didn't see any bikers around my house after that,
0: <laughs> you know? Uh,
3: we, we, became, we became a normal family after that. You know, dad stopped drinking and everything went, got better. So. Oh, that's, that's, out, where
2: right. that, that's a good thing now. Yeah. And so, 22 years old, first bike. Did you say, did you mention what you what you picked up?
3: It was uh, the 883 Sportster that I mentioned. I still had that bike all the way up until the last couple of years when I sold it. I nice. went, through, went through like three different fra- phases, man. Uh, I think at one of these hippie killers, some guy showed up and even took a picture uh, of it and put it in a magazine, uh, the Lady Hump magazine or some, something weird like that. At the time, I didn't know who they were. I was like, yeah, fuck, I took a picture of and shit." And now I, now I go back and I go on their website. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's the bike. And that, oh, this, is who the, yeah. this is who these people are. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know back then. You
2: know? Right, yeah. Well, when I mean, you're first getting into it. Yeah, you don't, know, you don't know what any of that stuff is. no. Eight eighty three. That's that's a great bike to start with. I feel like there's so much you could do with it. You can make it any bike you want. We've had this conversation. Loctite, the
1: best platform. (laughs) Yeah,
2: dude.
3: I've 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 always been a Sportster guy. You know, like I'm. You know, I was like the fuck your bagger dude. You know, like man, that bagger's piece of shit. That's it's all about it's all about these little skinny lane splitty sportsers, iron Ironheads, you know, and stuff like that. That's what I've always that's what I've always loved. Until oh, I still love them, but. Just recently, like I said, I bought that big one. and I'm like,
2: "Yeah, I, I, I won't go back." Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, I'm like, "You got the bigger one in there now."
1: Listen, Greece is going down the same rabbit hole right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I just
2: bought a I just bought a Evo Big Twin. Uh, the, the oh, 80s. that's yeah. So it's a ninety. It's a nineteen ninety uh, four. And now I'm already, we were in the garage before we came in here. And I'm like, I could just rip this whole front end off, do six over on this bitch, 21 spoolie. Yep. <laughs> and then it's like, before you know it, it's like, I bought this one to be the one reliable. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, going to touch it. <laughs> yeah, you're not lying. Man. It's, like,
3: it's, it's, a, it's the same thing for me. I, I Once I got on this thing, it was a, it was a smoking deal, okay, um, during the holidays i manage christmas tree lots okay we're we're we got all kinds of hustles here i oh i do it anyway, yeah, i was gonna say i'm like how many fucking jobs <laughs> <laughs> uh, well you know i i do this i do this leather gig and then i you know i i mess with christmas trees during the holidays for about if you're 20, or you're 25.
2: like managing where the, the people take it well it's
3: been a family business so what um the way it works is my dad has a partnership with a gentleman that they met, I guess, in the early 70s or some shit like that. And I started managing tree lots since I was from age 16 and up. I'm 43 years old now, you know, and, and I've been doing it ever since. Super lucrative for 28 to 30 days. Um, right. I just I couldn't <laughs> stop. There's no way I could stop. You know, I, I'll lose my everyday job over doing this shit. You know what I mean? Um, but I do that during the holidays and then i'm a certified respiratory therapist to the california state board so i work i've worked anywhere from our hospital NICUs to emergency rooms and stuff like that working as a respiratory therapist so on top of that yeah yeah, on top of that i do leather and then we we're fucking building bikes and doing all that stuff so that's that's when do you sleep
2: man i mean huh i said when do you sleep um that's kind of hard
3: yeah <laughs> i'd i have hard time sleeping I've, I've never really slept i never really sleep at night um really well and when i do you know my wife always says man you're fucking sleeping like a baby i don't know what you're talking about but i don't uh i i get sleep here
2: and there and it's it's not too bad yeah, well, <laughs> you know I mean, you definitely got a lot of uh irons in the fire that's super cool staying busy you know yeah
3: um so like two thousand. So this whole other thing works out for me because in two thousand and eleven, um, you know, I lost my I lost my job working at a, at a hospital in Victorville, and they had let some people go. At that time, they were transitioning into like adding another credential to our license, right? Yeah. Um, so that's a that's one of those things that I've been battling trying to trying to ascertain this next credential thing going on, um, and I haven't worked in like a an acute care facility. In a, in a while i've done some travel assignments here and there um but i'm literally working for a long term care facility now in pomona so i drive all the way from the high desert to pomona work there a couple of days and then i'm out and then you got, i do you
2: this got a far commute for you no nah, it's about a, it's about an hour all roughly, right just it. yeah that's not too bad. you got year-round ride and weather right
3: yes i mean we do get we do get cold and snow up here man last Last winter was we had anywhere from two to three foot of snow. Oh, you know,
2: shit. wow, that's not what I was expecting.
3: Yeah. no, and it's stuck. So for you would you would think they live in the desert? Like I send pictures, I post pictures sometimes of like snow, and I'm like, I'm like, people don't they don't believe that it snows over here. I mean, we're in the high desert, but we're technically at uh, the base of the mountain. Is like. Literally right over there, and I'm kind of pointing like you can see it and shit. But. Yeah, I'm
2: like, yeah, oh, it's right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, we're looking at my house and we go this way, right? Um, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Uh, it looked like that, based ten on the windows. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's probably about like 10 minutes away, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: 10 minutes away. We, we live near the base of the mountain uh, towards Wrightwood. And that's where uh, everybody goes from Mountain High to do all their, their ski resorting and snowing and all that stuff. So we, oh, every true. now and again, we get a really heavy snowfall here.
2: I always forget that my wife lived in California for a little while, and she always said that that you could do you could like ski and surf in the same day if you if you had the right elevations nearby and you're willing to travel to each one. Right, that is crazy. I can't
3: at any given moment you could you could go and visit the like what do they say the four uh, the four rivers you know. Yeah, you can go to the beach, the mountains, the desert, uh, all and the city, all in one in one day if you wanted to. You know the beach.
2: That's crazy, man! What a cool place to live, huh? I
3: don't know. I'm over it. You know. I hope I'm not going to hurt anybody's <laughs> feelings, but I, I don't give a shit. I, I, you know, I'm I'm over all the all the left wing radicals, dude. You know. I know. I
2: usually don't get. Tough I usually don't get
3: political, but what's that?
2: I said, it's a very tough climate out there. I saw you made some holsters, too. I was amazed that you had any Glocks at all.
3: Yeah, right? I mean, they, uh, well, are you know,
0: only for you miles, guys, right?
2: What's that? I said Gen 3 is only for you guys over there in California, yeah, right? They're trying, dude. They're trying. They really are.
3: And, for me, like I'm a super patriot, you know, I love this country. Uh, you know, I'm pretty conservative and all that stuff and all that I have all these like conservative values, you know, but that's why I'm like, I, I love California, but I, I need to get out of here. I think
2: I definitely think that as much as I love the, like when I, t- I did seven days out there and the, the scenery was beautiful. I love the riding, but that part is, is tough to get around. You know, the, I'm a big two way guy myself and That part would that part would just be would be tricky. Now, do you get jammed up a lot for the the emissions things? Because that's also a big problem over there for you guys, right? Like if you if you you got fishtail pipes on there, I'm sure that's not up to code (laughs) according to California. (laughs) you've got to worry about getting pulled over and them saying like you're adding to the smog, bud. (laughs) Can't do it. Well, you're not you're not supposed to carry without a concealing carry either. That's (laughs) That's good, <laughs> you know um,
3: i don't know the way the way I see it is uh, you know if, if you're not out there acting like an asshole, they won't fuck with you really um if you're a hot rod and being crazy like i don't know, I guess our heads are on a swivel a lot when you're riding bike out here, and you know you're you're riding hard and heavy and you're going fast and doing silly stuff, you got to keep your head moving all the time, you know otherwise they're going to get you, but most of the time eh, you don't get bothered i i've never been bothered we've i mean we've been, we've gone and I think you say we've done a lot of things that, that you can say are questionable, you know? Yeah. But, uh, take some chances,
2: you know, you got to live your life. <laughs> right. That's, I don't know, but it's not, I've, I've been, been lucky.
3: Effort. Let's just say I've been lucky.
2: Yeah. What's well, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that, you, that at least <laughs> that the luck is with you. I was just wondering, like if you were to get, you know, say you're going 15 over the speed limit, they pulled you over on the bike. Would they check the pipes? Is that a thing that they do or is that just kind of like only if you're really being a dick and they want to fuck you they'll you know I, I think I think it's
3: more so uh if you're being a dick yeah yeah I have been pulled over and I've, and and I've had I've had them more uh curious about the the knife on my hip than they are about what's on the bike or why is it so goddamn loud
2: <laughs> <You> <laughs> that, know what I mean? That's some real California thing even about the knife not even the gun that's, like, yeah. crazy to think that carrying a knife. I mean, it's just so weird to to live in New Hampshire and to hear these things. I have like, all these
1: same rules, though.
2: Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs>
1: I pretty much live in California. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a
2: forever California. I'm just, like, I can't go to, like, anywhere without seeing somebody with a fucking Bowie knife in New Hampshire just, like, getting groceries. You know, it's like <laughs> nobody thinks anything of it. There's open <laughs> carry here. So, you see a lot of Uncle Mike's holsters, real pieces of shit. You know, barely <laughs> hanging <laughs> on to somebody's hip. The velvet, the nylon, the nylon's like ripping apart. That's you see it all the time, though, and, and you get desensitized to it. But I did spend some time in mass, so I do know what it's like to live in a communist state. It's a uh, it's a little tricky. Yeah,
3: it's it's. Rough. I just it's just everywhere around here, and they're just trying to like control everything about what what people are here, and you know, to me, it's. I'm not phased by it at all. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I like doing when I like doing it. And that's how it's always been. I don't know. And like I said, I'm not a tough guy, by by any means, you know, somebody were like, Hey motherfucker, give me your cut. I'm like, Oh, here you go. Have it. I'm going to go buy another (laughs) one. I'm going to die for no fucking cut. Let me tell you that right now.
2: (laughs) Right. But it seems like you got good values, you know, you work hard and and you want to be able to exercise the, the rights that you have as a citizen. I think that there's, that's the honorable way to look at it and i it, it's unfortunate that it, the things are getting cracked down on so much out there but uh yeah
3: it's big time man. and i'm watching the news 24 7 year my wife's like stop watching the news man it's gonna it's gonna poison your mind you know and i'm just like nah it just makes me mad like i'd get mad and more and more mad every day <laughs>
2: yeah. Right? Yeah, there's only certain news stations I can listen to at this point. But it's, it's funny how, how so many things like the, in the CHOP community seem to come out of California, even though it's so restrictive on what you can do to a bike and what you can even ship into the state. Like I always, Even the, the bike has its own fucking serial number that ends in CA for the bikes out there. But then oddly enough, they've got all of the... I mean, like Born Free. Everybody talks about Born Free being like one of the biggest bike shows, and you see so much of chopper culture exists out of california and i, I wonder right. if it's just where people feel most inclined to rebel because it is so clamped down
3: i i think so uh, it's that's normal that's normal around here people are always just like you know throwing up middle fingers all day you know it, <laughs> just oh, you're, you're gonna you're only gonna play the game as you play the game as much as like uh I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, man. Because I, I, I don't even really think about these kind of things. It's just second nature. Like, we do what we do, and it's almost like, hey, how's it going, Mr. Officer? And then you're just on and about and doing your own thing again. So it's like, it's this never-ending game, I guess. It just happens subconsciously. Like, you don't, you're not really, you're not really thinking about like, oh, shoot, I got to hide this. Or, oh, shoot. You know, I've been pulled over, and I've had a piece on me, and I've had a cop pulled me over on my bike and been like, Hey man, you got any drugs? I'm like, no, not at all, man. I'm was I going fast or What was, why'd you pull me over? Yeah, you know, right. And then they're like, Oh, well, not even asking me about, uh, about my pipes or anything being loud or anything out of spec or, or out of regulation or whatever. It was more so like, Oh, I, I saw that big ass knife that you're carrying on your hip. And I'm like, really? That's only like five, six inches, dude.
2: <laughs> you know, Wait, you're, you're, you're like, allowed actually, to carry a knife, right? I actually don't know what the, but you can carry like a fixed blade knife in California, right?
3: yeah you can't carry a fixed blade knife uh
2: something let me see something like this or rather you know um this is like this. one of them he's holding, about a, he's, he's holding like a four inch knife here we got the video call uh, so the like listeners on friday aren't going to know what's up but yeah about the length of a palm
3: so i mean you can do something like that i think some something around four inches i've pressed it as far as maybe five or six inches but nothing really heavy so that's the kind of excuse they use around here like to pull you over if you're if you just look like somebody they want to pull you over you know oh he's got a knife well let's let's check him out and i literally super cool hey man no problem hey i know you're doing your job but it's here this is my knife and i'll pull it out and i'll show it to them and they're like oh cool they'll look at it i've had them take them away from me before you know yeah. dumb shits didn't even know i had a gun
2: <laughs> yeah know? i was gonna say so, like so nobody's checking you know what's funny is the knife like, is a
1: decoy <laughs> yeah
2: and then you then you gotta have the second knife you're like okay i do have another weapon sorry it's another knife and then the <laughs> gun hit it and you're like you got the, the regular knife and the backup knife you're like there's no well, a lot of times like, uh, <laughs> yeah
3: a lot of time it's like hey man what are you doing with that uh with that weapon on your hip and i was like it's a tool buddy that's it like, calm
2: down you know it's a not no weapon. I don't know what then you're Then you can about. tell him that you're a leather worker and I need this to, you know, cut the pieces of leather that I'm working with. It's all part right. of the I mean, you it, could. Yeah. It's just part of the line. Of, but it, I said, I'm,
3: I'm, a, I'm a good BSer. I would say. You know, when they pull you over, you just act like you're, all, you're super smooth, you know, simple civilian man riding a bike to show you. Like, oh, yeah, man. Okay,
2: dude.
3: How's your day I been? Did, oh, that's good. Yeah. Cool,
2: <laughs> I get the sense they have bigger things to worry about in la or anywhere where like there's heavy police presence bigger things to worry about than a couple of knives and in a responsible concealed carrier you know right
3: i i think out here it's uh in the desert portion you know out here it's more like um what I, what i've noticed is it's not like a bunch of. Uh, you know, like PD, right? Driving around, right? They mm-hmm. deal with people all the time. They're always busy, that kind of thing. Um, and in my little section of the desert, it's, a, it's kind of a small town. So you know, it's like a Friday Night Lights kind of thing. The, the local high school, Surano High School, right? Ah, um, they, no. <laughs> they, they when they turn those lights on, it's like the whole town is there. You know, so gotcha. it's it's kind of one of those places. So the cops out here, they're they're they're, they're like the good old boys, man. You know, when, they, when they, they're bored so much that when they do get into you, it's like they're going through everything. You know, they get a little rough. So, But if you're cool, like I said, I've never had any really bad
2: run-ins with any of them out here. You just got to be cool with them. That's it, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely keeping, keeping a level head, I feel like, goes, goes a long way when it comes to stuff like that. And now, speaking of carrying these knives around, you made a couple of sheets that are absolutely gorgeous and a bunch of other stuff. We're going to get into this. Subs- I got a bunch of questions. I'm sure Lakta has questions too about the leather work side yeah, of what you've been doing. But uh, give us a little, just a little intro into, into why you started working with leather and what got you uh, motivated to to take it as far as you've taken it. Um. Okay. So my, my first interest was,
3: I don't remember exactly when I, I don't remember what year it was or whatever, but we were at the cycle swap meet in Long Beach. Um, I was working with a friend of mine, um, at a shop, um, back then I was just kind of just fiddling around with like little leather keychains and just like the, kind of like the entry level stuff, you know, things that, pretty much anybody can do you just literally yeah. put a couple snaps in and making a uh, whatever like at, at any rate i saw this i saw this guy making belts over there at the long beach swap and i was like hey man like uh i kind of approached him he's a little a little asian dude and he's just tinkering with belts and he right. was he was um he was tooling like these little trees or something on these on these belts and i thought i thought the world of the guy i was like damn this thing is so badass broken english and everything he's like you come sit come sit you know and i sat down and he was just showing me what he was doing with all these little tools and tapping and stuff and i was just like in awe oh, um you know i like drawing and i like i guess you could have a little bit of artistic ability so i it interested me a, a great deal and so from that point on i was just like how do i get into this thing and i literally just
2: did the research and started mm-hmm. So, you, so you're doing the research on it, and what were you make it? Like, first projects. What were the first things that you, you cut your teeth on with it?
3: Oh, I think it was uh, – <laughs> I went straight into, like, trying to make saddlebags, man. And I'm going to tell you, they were fucking ugly oh, as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, biting you know, off quite a fucking task right there. Like, let me make something huge with, like
3: <laughs> – Yeah, I, I didn't well, – I, I have one. I'm going to show it to you right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think this see it. It's ugly. I'll describe <laughs> it for the listeners for, because that, they're not going to be able to see it. But look at how hideous this thing is. This it's, is actually this know. is this is much nicer than I thought you were going to be pulling something out. So for for the people that can't see it, we're looking at a brown. It's a throwover style with like a saddle stitch coming up each side. It's it's like a, like an untreated leather, like that very. Um, yeah, it's like the suede of some kind. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, like a rough out leather. And it's got tooling on the the top flap that uh hold it closer to the camera? I actually can't see it. No,
3: it's actually it's it's burned. It's it's it's
2: burned in with the freaking wood burning tool. Oh shit. Yeah, so he's got a he's got like a a, a pig drawing on the top and then dude, I, this actually came out pretty nice, man. I know that obviously the stuff that's on your page right now is is insane is it may, it may, <laughs> compared to what you have on your page now but like if any other person made that you'd be like yeah, wow I, nice nice bags i wouldn't be mad about that
3: <laughs> I, you know what, I, I used it on my bike for many many years of, uh, you know um there was there was a, a, a s- club that i was trying to get into that we won't mention but you know i, I made it uh, during during those times and and you know, they were like, oh, man. So then they just wanted more. And as they seen it, I was like, well, oh, man, I'm just, I got to try to start getting better at it. And so, like I said, internet is a great thing. Not to mention I met some really, really rad dudes, you know, um, some pretty uh, well-known leather maker guys that um, kind of helped my hand along the way, you know. Um, I, I vowed not to ever, you know, mention who who gave me these things because they asked me not to, like who gave me you know their hints and tips and stuff sure. um but i used to tag him all the time in the beginning of of my instagram days i i, I would tag oh yeah this is at so and so and then he kind of politely said hey man um he was amazing i mean the guy's amazing He's i don't always have born free and always had all these different shows if you, if you need a little bit of a hint who he was but um he literally was like, he would, I would call him. I literally had his phone number, call him direct, and I'd say, "Hey, man, I'm having a problem with this, and I'm having a problem with that." And um, he was never bothered by the fact that I was asking him questions all the time. And so, you know, it just made made me more interested in doing what I do with leather um, nowadays. And and so, but I remember the one conversation we had. He said, "Hey, dude," he goes, "Do me a favor, do not tag me in your leather work because I don't want." anybody to confuse your rad work with mine. Right? And I was just like gotcha. he was very humble, but very well known and um I know his family, I know his wife, um, you know, just a just a rad all around person. You know what I mean? There's a couple of guys like that in my in my time that gave me a lot of a lot of pointers and hints and stuff. So still yeah. a lot for me to learn.
2: Absolutely. But but I was even looking back through some of your work and just the progression from then until now is you could see it scrolling. I mean, you got to go far back, but some of the stuff you're doing now is just unbelievable, man. The, specifically the graphics that you're doing. So like I'm scrolling through the page right now and I'm seeing these wallets with the, with the skulls, with like the, the leafing and, and the waves around them. You've got one that's a tattoo gun, um, a lot of, I've seen a couple of oh, yeah. uh, New yeah. Orleans Saints. Somebody's a big New Orleans fan that, that's ordering some stuff from you. And, the, and this stuff is like, how are you getting the color? Loctite and I were trying to understand this as we were looking through the page. Um, how are you able to get the, this type of vibrant color into the leather? Um, you don't have to give well, away any trade secrets. If anything, if we ask any no, question, there's none. You'd rather, <laughs> no, there's no, there's no such like. If
3: my opinion, has always been this. There's no such thing as trade secrets in in the leather world, man. People like to like to hide these this information, like, like, uh, like they're gonna take it take it with them to the grave. And I've never been that guy. I've always I've always kind of detested people that were like that. You know, there's this. Uh, I see it as a dying art, you know, and and people. I, are wanting they're wanting to learn it so i can give you all the tools and all the everything that i know how to do which i don't you know, have people call me just the same as i was able to call somebody else and i give them free information like this is nothing to me like you're you're either gonna have it or you're not gonna be able to do it and if you I, do better than me or surpass anything that i could ever accomplish then hey more power to you man it's uh, it's i'll be one of your fans <laughs> you know it, it doesn't that kind of shit doesn't bug
2: me. So, um, with color, to feel that way, honestly, that's, that's what's that. I said, that says a lot about your character to, to be willing to help people like that. We, we all appreciate when we meet people that are super skilled at a, at a, at a trade or a craft that are willing to, to guide people along the way.
3: Yeah. I don't, I don't mind it at all. So, you know, uh, as to, for, as to your question color, you know, a lot of the times, um, this is gonna be like a, a, a tip number one in shit, you know. Right <laughs> a lot hey, of times no A lot of times what people do is they'll they'll dye a piece of leather and then they start adding like acrylics and doing all this stuff to it and then um treating it and, and whatever it is that they do, right? Um, usually that stuff kinda of rubs off, you know. I I've, I've got a belt as a gift from a guy that I was uh, you know, helping out and then it kind of fell apart on me, and I called him, and I said, hey, man, uh, I'm going to need this belt fixed, you know? I'm trying to fuck with him a little bit. And he was like, oh, man, like, where did it <laughs> fall apart and blah, blah, I said, well, the color fell off of this thing. Like, I have a brown belt, and that's all I have. And uh I gave him a little bit of a hard time, but it, it was close. He, uh, he says, well, how do I do that? I said, ah, that was the question you forgot to ask when we were talking on the phone. Um, um, the way I do it is I, I literally um, – whatever it is that i'm going to add color to i will add color to it before i treat it with any type of dye or any type of color or any type of uh stain or or anything like that because it will it'll seep into or make a better connection with the leather i guess uh to say for lack of better terms um but for the most part when you add the color first and then you kind of block it out with the sheen, then you add, it's a whole different process. And you have to wait. That's a lot of times people don't have the patience to wait. And when you have patience and you wait for things to dry and things like that, then things cure better and you get more brighter, vibrant color, you know, like this, this piece that used to be on my TV. I know nobody can see it, but I know you guys can. See, this thing was like super bright. You'll, you probably can see it on the Instagram page. It's like a, Oh yeah, dude. You know, it's like a cap. It's like a captain's helm and stuff like that. But it's really got a vibrant, vibrant piece, vibrant color. You know what I mean? So, in order to do stuff like that, you just gotta, you gotta, you add the color and, you know, tip number two would be, you know, you add water, add some water. I mean, you know that a lot of the stuff is, is, leather is really dry sometimes. You know the, uh, it, it don't matter how where you get it from. If you add a little bit of color or a little bit of water. And it soaks into the leather better. I, that's what I've always found.
2: That's like, for me, thinking of it as from a, from how you would paint something, it's almost counterintuitive to hear that you would want water involved. Because when you're thinking of a bike, you know, like any water that gets on it is going to destroy it. But obviously, leather and metal are completely different mediums, you know?
3: They... They are, but see, I even use like, uh, like stuff like this. This is just a regular tube of uh, yellow acrylic, and what I'll do is I'll add it to a palette, like, like this, like this thing here. Okay, you see, this thing's been worked like a rib bone, but um, you know, for the most part, like I'll add it and then I'll just put a couple of drops in there, just a diluted, just a smidge. It doesn't have to be a lot, and and there's a huge difference. It's, there's a huge difference. You know, these are kind of things that when people ask me, I'm like, yeah, man, come sit down. I'll, I'll tell you what I know. And if you want to use it, use it if not fish fried. I don't
2: care. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. That was like the first thing I noticed when I started looking through your page is that all the, all the pieces you've got there, they look like tattoos. They're so vibrant. And I can't think of any other – I've seen people put color on leather. But, um, for example, you made – and this is also for the people that – are listening to this and want to know what we're talking about. By the way, if we didn't we mentioned at the beginning, but this is RBC underscore leather underscore design on Instagram. And I'm looking at the seat, the douche LaRouche seat you did, the rock out with your cock out one. The Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, one of my the color on the rooster Rid- is like ridiculous. It's so bright. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> You'd swear that this was drawn on a piece of paper with how vibrant it came out.
3: And I wish you guys could have seen it, man. You know, it's, to me, like, the pictures do not do them justice, in my opinion. You know, when I look at stuff, I go, okay, the, uh, the picture looks pretty rad, you know. But to actually see it and feel it and to see, like, the depth of, like, of all the tooling and everything, um, that's what I get to enjoy. I, I love doing stuff like that. It makes me happy, okay. I like to toot my own horn, I guess. You, like, you know, but <laughs> it's, it's pretty rad. I, I love it. I don't walk around going outside. Oh, yeah man on the shit. but you know like it makes you feel good inside when i see stuff like that and to me that was one of my favorite uh pieces and one of the club brothers actually won it in the raffle at the show and he and he re-raffled it off because he said it wasn't right for one of us to have it but other than the people who came to support the party at the time you know and uh that's that's that day was actually uh, the day that weekend was the weekend that you know I became
2: LaRouche. So, wow, that is what that, a cool piece to have to commemorate such a big day, huh?
3: Yeah, it's cool, man. I, I you know, I waited for it and you know, I worked for it a little bit, and that's that's pretty much it. But they, when they wanted something, they were raffling off all kinds of things, and and you know, I figured oh, I'm gonna go there and I'm like, I, I normally don't have to pay for any of the food or, or anything like that when i'm there you know because you know there's stuff that happens where money you know all of a sudden it just is there and we use it for parties and stuff sure. so um and and so i'm like well you know what i'm gonna give i, I need to give something somebody to it, even if it was and i think the tickets were only like Five dollars a ticket or ten dollars a ticket or some shit like that. I don't even remember. And, it, and they were like, hey man, you're gonna you're literally gonna raffle this thing off for like five bucks a ticket. And I was like, Well, you better sell a lot of fucking tickets. But, <laughs> how many hours did you Oh have? uh Jeez. That seat it it was a bench the the little a uh, little tripod seeping leather. I I think I'm, I must have put like maybe eighteen hours, nineteen hours into the chair. Um, yeah. Not all to not all at once, you know, because obviously you have to wait for things to dry, stuff like that. So I think I
2: think about eighteen hours of actual on hand time. Unbelievable, man! And and how are you? Are you drawing these things out, or are there like letter punches that you're that you're able to use to make some of it easier? Um. No, there aren't any. At the, font. the font changes size. So you couldn't even use a leather punch for that. Yeah, let me I'm trying to I'm trying to see where all my shit
3: is at actually, because I I want to show it to you also. Is it right here? Oh. Back over. Yeah. Okay, so here it is. So it's, it's almost like um so it's it's like a tracing film. So this this is the actual tracing film that I used for it. Yeah. Oh, so
2: so I literally do, right? where you would you draw it so just like carbon paper it,
3: no it's like a it comes on a roll it's like a it's just a, a roll of like some kind of transfer transfer paper I, I don't know it doesn't actually transfer anything over but what it does is that it, it, you draw whatever you're drawing on it just like a tattoo artist would and then when you apply it to a piece of leather you you're literally uh you use a stylus like this one okay Yep. It's, like, it. it's like
2: a sharp wow. or no, it's a blunt tip pen.
3: Well, it's it's got two functions. Okay.
2: Oh. But cocaine spoon bro. on the other side. <laughs> wow, that's candy <laughs> What kind of double duty is that <laughs> That's so you can stay up to finish it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, nah, so at, any, <laughs> at
3: any rate, this thing is, uh at any rate, this thing is uh this is how it's done. So it's, it's drawn on this thing. It's kind of a loud plastic, so it's not really soft or anything. And what you do is you take and put it onto a piece of leather, and then you literally kind of retrace your whole drawing, and it leaves an impression on the leather. So in essence, you kind of draw this thing like three times. You draw it on your paper. Um, some guys will draw it on a piece of paper first. Then they draw it onto this. Then they, then they you know, use the stylus and trace it onto the leather. And then after that, then you carve it. So almost like four times you go through this piece of art before you actually start tooling on
2: it. So when you, when you actually put that piece of paper on the leather and you go over it with the stylus, what does it look like on the leather? It just looks like an indentation of the, of the drawing, but not quite like a cut, cut version of it?
3: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a non-cut version of it. Um, there are some examples on my, on my um, Instagram page. Uh, to give you a better idea of what it may look like but there are some that um you know it, it just leaves basically an imprint it, uh, i don't know you can yeah, you can trace it on there and any any mistakes you can fix while you swivel or cut while you're doing your cuts or um carving
2: right right yeah i was looking at the one uh the tan like the pre-color of that stool that you made the tripod one there and the, what the picture on your Instagram, it looks like it's already been tooled, but it's hard to tell what this one here. No, up
3: on yeah, there's, there's gotta be other ones. Like, um,
2: Oh yeah. 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 So lock type. So there's one that I did here where you got two R's with the rows and it looks like one of only one of them. Yeah, that, yeah.
3: I think that, that was on a, um, one of those buck knives, those folding buck knives, uh, Quick release sheaths that we make. Um, literally, you pull pull the buck knife out, and it's already clack clack ready to
2: go. <laughs> you know, when oh, you pull right. it out of your pocket. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah, that that makes a, a pretty easy to see mark on the leather. Yeah, and then from there you
3: just go. You you start carving and um, things like that. Like I said, I have a, I have a big freaking mess. But these are these are all the individual tools that you that you
1: use, right? Shit. Um, wow, that's a lot of tools.
3: <laughs> Just those. <It's>, and then, <laughs> no, and then half of them, half of them are under all my shit over here. So, I have a bunch, I have other tools here that I use. All of these guys. And, and there's another stylus. And then there's a, this is the
2: swivel knife that you use to carve, so. That's, that's a drop that Finger goes on in the little, uh, that's
3: all, that's, it's a swivel knife, so it allows you to put your finger on it, and then as you carve, you can just kind of turn. You can make your turns without even moving your hand.
2: Oh, that is super cool. I like that. For the people it's who can't it's see it, it's like a U at the top, and your finger goes in the U, and the U just kind of spins around the rest of the pen, so you can, like, twist with your with your other fingers. You can twist the blade in the direction you want to go, but you keep the pressure down with your top hand. That's That's a super cool tool, man
3: it's it's uh it's the main tool it's um it's the it's the meat of the whole project so like you just like you said you know you're kind of you kind of got your piece right here i don't know if you can see that
1: and you put your
3: finger you put your finger on it and then all you do is you just carve and cut and you can make your cuts you can even go all the way backwards and do whatever you need to do with it so
2: wow that thing moves really fluidly on the leather too just watching you do that it, it really it really draws just like a it's like it's skating on there you get some really good curves, probably, with that. Yeah, and, and they
3: have different sized blades.
2: When you started exactly. out, did you start out with, did you, like, just in, grab all of the tools, or were you starting out with, you know, the, the standard X-Acto knife and, and uh, all the base? No, I
3: actually, um, the first thing I bought, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a start, starting kit.
2: Let me close this door. I think. Can you guys hear wind chimes and shit? Yeah, I was. I thought it was actually the connection getting weird and making <laughs> no, robot noises.
3: No, my wife had had a wind chimes going, man, and I had the door open.
2: Oh, there we go. Yeah, there's less wind chimes now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you guys should have said something, man. I would have been like, "I'm closing this shit right now."
2: I literally thought it was like an echo of like. It sounded like a modem almost in the background. I'm like, well oh, there's nothing we could do about that. Yep. You're, you're like, what is this guy doing? You know, what is he doing? <laughs> yeah, this is, must have leather wind shots. God, they're loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you said that when, when you started, you got, you you went deep into the tools right away? No. So when I started, I, I bought a, uh, a starter kit, Um
3: it was, it's literally like a little five piece kit. It, that's usually what everybody does. They, you know, from they Tandy? start with the little, yeah, there's one from Tandy there. Um, I bought it online. I think it was from Tandy, but I bought it online from some third person, um, third party, whatever. So yeah. um, that's, that's pretty much it, you know, and then I just, I use those five tools no bullshit dude i I mean i was like i'm gonna buy this tool i'll buy that because i was already getting fucking leather crazy right Right. and i bought all that shit and all that shit that you see over there i probably don't even barely even touch those things it's still the same five essential tools that i initially bought um just some better versions of them but uh, those same tools i can pretty much tool anything on it
2: well, I'm really glad to hear you say that because we had written down a question about basic tools for leatherworking. So would you mind just giving the people, like, what are the what are the five things that you use the most? Okay, let me see. I think I have them. Um... I hear the wind chime. <laughs> no, no, those are not wind Those
3: are the swivel knife. The one that you were, you know, giving a description about that has a little spinny thing on it and whatnot, that would be... A, Number one, that's, and then you know when you upgrade, you have like different size blades. You can go from that. uh I have like this really, really cool one that's kind of a rarity. I can't find it, but it's got a it's got a ruby gem on the end of it. You know, oh, shit. and it's, what does that do? It's, got, it's it makes a super fine cut, and you never need to sharpen it. Um, wow. I just don't have, I just don't ever use it because it's from a long time ago and. You know, I don't want to ruin it. I looked online to see if I could find more of them, and you you can't really find them unless you're spending like two, three, four hundred bucks. Wow! You know, um, Dang. <laughs> but okay, so the swivel knife—that's one. And they have—they they go more narrow, or you know, they get fatter. And I, I think I have like three or four variations of this. Some some guys like to collect these things. You know, they'll they'll have like thirty or forty or fifty of these things, different and i'm just like it's a little overkill like this one I've, i bought and it's the same one i've been using since i started this thing
2: does it so, come in a size Could you would you recommend a size
3: no they're, they're all pretty standard they're, i mean the shafts on them could be uh if, if you're getting them custom made or anything like that you can get them longer shorter it's just it all depends on your preference but for me it's the standard one that i bought out of you know simple package it's still the same one that i use i've upgraded the blades nothing more um gotcha all right then <laughs> like that's huge uh so the swivel knives, the knife then you need uh like your smooth bevelers um they, they kind of if you're looking at looking at them from the side they kind of look like a cheese wedge man um uh, I can't even really I have so much shit everywhere
2: um, i'm starting to feel like my garage. i, <laughs> 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 like, I, know, so, I swear i had it's, this it's, fucking it's, thing somewhere <laughs>
3: So this is, a, this is a smooth beveler. I don't know if you guys can really see it really well. But see, it kind of looks like a wedge. So yeah. the, the wider end is going to go into one of your cuts. And it goes on the opposing side. So if you want, if you want the right side of your cut to stand out, then you're going to bevel on the left side to push the, compress the letter down on, on that side. And then it goes like this. You know, oh, so this is,
2: this is, there's a blade on this thing that you're showing us, right? No, it's
3: actually it's actually super smooth. Okay, and it's it's just uh, it's got no 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 markings on it or anything. There are some that have uh, they have like markings, like some striations that go left or right, or they go uh, uh straight across or up and down, you know, something yeah. like that. But it's it's literally. I wish I can get it even closer so
2: you can see it. It's super smooth, as I'm shaking. Yeah, it then, it's super smooth. And then when you were saying that it that it highlights the cut, it's just like a um, punch, right? It looks a lot like that's a- all it is. Yeah,
3: I almost want to cut something and show you an example. But I just don't have the way of holding this camera. But that's all good. anyway, yeah. it's that's how uh, the beveler the smooth bevelers is going to be. Uh, that's what actually makes your picture pop out because you use it all along the edges around your whole design,
2: whatever it's going to be. And then good know you know, looking uh, at these things and wondering how you you had such depth on the, the images. You know, you're looking at these things, and it's not just like you cut a line. It's like, it's like it's raised off the canvas,
3: Yeah, almost. And it gives you that appearance. But literally, what you're doing is, so here's the line, right? If yep. you can imagine, and it kind of, when you when you use your beveler, you're gonna make an impression
2: on that line right here. So you're moving along, and you're hammering it down. You're you're using it like a punch where you're.
3: Yeah, so you're, I mean, you're technically, this is kind of like
2: uh, the sound, the sound that you, you're going to hear, you just hear. Okay, yeah, so you're giving it a tap, all, all, all yeah. along the edge of it, and you're kind of, you're pushing down, you're pushing the background down, essentially.
3: Yes, pretty much. And so, like, it, it's, it's kind of at the same level still, but you're, only, you're doing this, you know, you're
2: making an impression like that. That's it. Oh, right, oh, right, because this thing is shaped like a wedge, so it's pushing one end down more than the other end that's correct you know um
3: it all depends on uh, it all depends on uh your technique you know i've seen guys that you know that are they just to me it's a different style but it's still super rad it's not how i would do it but you know when i i see i appreciate everybody's technique you know but it's all in how you do it me i like big like deep bold lines i want to be able to add like a, a lot of uh accent to it so i i tend to Overdo it when I (laughs) when I'm tooling, and if you ever seen a piece up front, you go, "Damn, he must hit this thing at like fucking uh, like at full speed when he's trying to when he's trying to smash this thing in." You know, I mean, there's guys that are going like the difference would be like you know you'd hear this real light taps, and then I'm like,
2: (laughs) you know, right, yeah. Oh my God, dude, that. that is not, we just, uh, so as we're talking too, we're bouncing back and forth between the live feed with you and then your page, because as you're describing things, then I'm, and then I'm going onto your page and I'm looking to see, okay, let me see what, what he has that, that resembles what he's talking about. And we just came upon these surf chairs. Holy shit, man. Oh, the blue yeah. one in brown one. The yes, co- pop- are, when we talk about the color popping and and standing out it's like the all the leafing around the edges is so defined from the from the leather behind it, and then the color is super bright
3: yeah that's that stuff is you'll kind of see that in a lot of the things that I do i I like that old sheridan style um uh, uh scroll work it's it's uh like it's cowboy style you know it's like a Wild West. If you look at, you know, different bags and shit like that, you're like, oh man, this is uh, you know, this is cool stuff. Uh, I've always liked that kind of thing so you'll kind of see that in a lot of stuff. A lot of a lot of those flowers and things like that in that in that stuff. And that, those were chairs that were auctioned also for the soccer club.
2: Yeah, yeah. I figured I saw the soccer club written on there. Um, yeah. I think it, I did one
3: for the soccer club Rush and then Team USA, another one for I did see a team uh, USA
2: somewhere as I was scrolling.
3: Yeah, so there was a, a Team USA one. I did one for, you know, my best buddy Eddie, you know, ratbaster Customs.
2: Oh, and this um, is the blue thing you were holding before. This thing that says uh homeward, the bar wrap.
3: Homeward holding yeah. earlier? That is the one I was holding, and you could see like right now the color in this. The lighting in here kind of shitty, wow. but that the color is actually super super bright when you really
2: see oh, it. Oh, I believe even in the in the live feed, it looks super super bright. On the picture, it looks super bright. You really have a gift for the artwork, man, because not, ju- it's Let's not get just it's not getting the technique. You know what I mean? Like the technique is great, and obviously, if if you don't have the technique, it's not going to translate well to the piece. But equally as impressive is the the actual drawing. So many of the of these things. Oh God! Look at this one. Look at this thing. The seats. This one you have that says um, Imperium, neptunian and Regis. It's like Oh, oh dude. That all these things are just well drawn, and that that's as important as the technique of the of the leather work. You know what I mean? This one. Hang on, I got to jump back to the life. Oh shit! Yeah, there it is. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> so this was.
3: This was on my Sportster, man, and I, I, uh, it has everything to do with um, my time in the, in the in the Navy and the,
2: the shellback initiation that I went through. Um, Can you explain uh, what the shellback? Thing pretty pretty actually rough, actually, about that because I, I saw shellback in your in your profile, but I don't know what it means.
3: Okay, so um, they have this they have, they have this thing in the service that when you when you cross the equator at a certain Longitude, latitude, right? We already know zero, 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 and yeah. then wherever you're at. Um, there's like uh, there's like this thing. So all sailors are considered like a polywog. You're like lowly piece of crap. Blah blah blah. <laughs> when it comes to old 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 maybes, uh, myth, you know mythology and shit. Uh, and when once you cross, you know you become you a shellback. In essence, I don't know. It's it's like stupid boys' club crap in the military, you know. Sure. Um, yeah, not yeah, very many people behind people, it. Yeah. Not very many people get to uh, get to do that. You know, they don't they don't get to experience that initiation, and it's grueling. It's grueling. It's hours and hours of of just <laughs> a lot of crap happening to you. And um, once you, they actually shut the ship down, and you coast across that longitude, right, and once you're once you're passed, then the initiation is over and you're considered shellback. Now it's been my experience that you know becoming a shellback in, in the United States Navy is is uh, something that's uh, very highly respected. You know, I was I was luckily the initiator and then the initiatee. You know, and I was able we crossed twice during during my tour on that ship, so I was able to well, that one's got my ass kicked and I was able to kick some ass.
2: <laughs> right after too yeah it didn't have to wait long that's awesome no
3: because we i was leaving pasagoula mississippi at the time we went all the way down the southern hemisphere and then we came back to Homeport san diego so that was a good time i like i said they i i never i don't know nothing about it until it happened i was like what the f- they're waking us up at like three in the morning and these guys all like all these guys that have already gone through this type of and that's everybody, from the fucking captain who wasn't a shellback at the time to, like, the lowliest whoever. And uh, I guess when people are looking from the outside in, to me, nobody's lowly. But, you know, you have, you have all these people, but even the captain was getting his ass beat that day. You yeah, know? There's And there's no rank. For sure. Yeah, there's no rank. You know, that, that shit doesn't matter at all. And everybody gets their ass beat the same way. You know what I mean?
2: Absolutely. So, <laughs> that's a while okay so that so that explains that and so what so then how does it translate into the sea
3: um well if you if you look into the if you read about the solemn mysteries of the deep and shit you know it's 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 uh it's just old old tales of like monsters and king neptune and all that shit sure. and they yeah. just pretty it it's like all that stuff you hear on uh pirates of the caribbean and shit, those movies you know king neptune and the krakens and all the shit it's just it's all this it's all um navy mythology you know like things that they they believe like for instance i don't know if you've seen there's two pieces that i did um of a pig and a rooster you know and they believe like pigs and roosters these sailors would tattoo a pig and a rooster on uh you know one on the left foot one on the right foot and um you know it was it was old myth like if i had these tattoos like in the old wooden ship days when they would go to war what would be left floating chickens and fucking livestock and pigs and shit you know in crates wooden crates that would float after everybody was all oh, dead oh, oh, shit oh, so sailors sailors believe that if they had these tattoos you know uh, rooster on the left pig on the right you know you would essentially float to the top float. Like, like that's did, so cool right. mm-hmm. So and those two pieces actually went on the forks of that DNA Springer on my sports shirt. I had one on the left, one on the right. So oh, I, I had to see were those had that somewhere, home- somewhere. to be <laughs> on a DNA
2: Springer. Right. You know what I mean? I was trying to get all the forks. <laughs> Please let paper. me float down this highway.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no lies. I was I was looking for all
2: the help that I could possibly get and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah those are those kind of cool things because you got to figure you know people like you said back in the wooden ship days we didn't always have google and know everything about the scientific world where we knew what was down there and, and we still don't you know to some degree but i, I right. to see that that mythology continues to even in, you know you still you still know the tattoos from way back when there's still a history behind it, and it's still being told. Right. That's awesome, man. It, so, to go. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. Keep going, keep going. Oh, it's about to die? <laughs> yeah, I'm good now. Perfect. I'd say, yeah, you um, got to find what you got to find. Oh, we fell on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you did a couple of these things, too. Oh, wait.
0: not very good at the show.
2: Yeah, I feel like we're getting thrown all over. I feel like we're becoming shellbacks right now. Throwing us all over the goddamn shop. I know. I'm sorry.
3: I'm all throwing shit and breaking shit.
2: That's it. We're back. We're back. So we did two of them, right? We did the, the, swivel, the swivel knife. We did the, what was it called again? The second the, the, one? Uh, the smooth beveler. The smooth beveler. And then um
3: the other one is, I uh, think they, they give you like this uh, mules. Uh
0: oh. Uh oh. we the mules
3: foot. And those are, I don't know if you've seen like a horseshoe, that flower scroll work that you've seen. Yep. No, I'm still here.
2: Can you guys see? Oh, me? yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a. Like, just pause for a minute. Keep going. So
3: there was a. So there there's a um, it's called a mule's foot. So it looks kinda like a horseshoe kind of shape. If you look at the flower work or the scroll work on any of that, you know, Western style, Sheridan style uh tooling, you'll see like a, a little horseshoe type imprint at the base of like the flower or or whatever, and you'll see it. Mm-hmm. And if that's what that's a that's a mule's foot. And you use it if you're gonna be doing that type of stuff. But again, it's like one of those tools that you know it's, uh it's it's rarely used and shit but it's still used and i've i've used it religiously whenever i do stuff like that anyway you know so that's that's another one so out of these five tools i mean really I've, i mean i've only used maybe three of them to be honest you know yeah those are the biggest ones yeah and then there's you know there's variations there you know the bevelers they have all these different ones so i don't know i mean if you could really really look at it there's Sometimes when I do the beveling, there's, um, you'll see, they almost look like little, little X's. I mean, they're real, real small, real detailed. You got, if you really look at it, you can see it, but that kind of stuff actually adds to the, you know, when you add color and stuff to things or when you want to highlight it. So I don't know if you notice, like sometimes you'll see a piece that I have and then you'll see like all these dark, like, um, like it almost looks like dark shading all the way around the edges to kind of give it.
2: I see it. Yeah. I'm um, looking at a sugar skull. And it, it almost looks like on the dark edges, it almost looks like eyelashes in a way, you know, where you're seeing these tiny little flicks of dark. Yeah,
3: and so that's about? That one. Yeah, those, and so the, it, that's probably a different type of beveler, also. So I, I have tons of them. I have tons of different ones. That, that sometimes I alter my own tools to do certain things. Like, um, like for instance, I dropped a tool one time. And it and it, and it kind of like bent in on the side, and I, and I when I hit it, I didn't notice it had this like uh, dent in it. So when I hit, hit it on the other, I was like, "Fuck, man! I fucked this whole piece up." Because when you mess it up, you got to start all over again. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you if you if you mess it pretty bad, and that's the drawing, the tracing, the cutting, and all that shit's a pain in the ass. So I saw I hit this thing, and I said, "Oh man, it's got a dent on it," and. um i literally was like it, when i looked at it close i said oh that's kind of rad so i fucking hit it on the ground on the other side and it was just the tool that i use now all the time too you know just one up uh-huh. you know, so things happen uh you know with anything i'm sure you guys are always you guys are fabbing and building and you guys gotta kind of get creative with the shit you have to make you know that was oh, yeah. uh red bastard eddie in the shop you know
2: that's it yeah you get these little things that you didn't plan on. And then before you know it, you're like, actually I like the, uh, I like the way that that turned out. And then there you go. You got a new way of doing something. Yeah. That's awesome. You made a lot of stuff too, that you mentioned that you'd raffled some stuff off at douche LaRouche and, and uh, it seems like you've been linked up tight with those guys for a long time. Do you want to take us through how you met those guys and in what douche LaRouche is? I, I
3: literally, um, I don't know how I'm okay, so through a shop that I was working with, um, uh, the guy's name is Eddie. He goes by Rat Bastard Eddie. Um, you could probably find him in my friends list is uh, Rat Bastard Customs. Um, yeah. The guy's a, a phenomenal fabricator, okay? And I met him at a Tandy. Okay, so we were we were standing, you San Bernardino, know, Candy Leather Factory, right? Yeah. And uh, he's in there. To, he was going to buy. He was looking at how, for information on how to make a wallet. I mean, the guy already knows what he's doing anyway. I mean, he's he's doing leather work and fabricating and doing stuff. And I just happened to so just be in the same area as he was, and you know, he was like, "Hey, man, like, uh, you know, do you uh, do you buy or what? You know what?" getting information on how to make a wallet, I guess, or what to buy or whatever, which, you know, to me, I'm assuming everybody that's in there knows what they're doing anyway. And in the end, I found out he actually did. He just was asking me some questions. And from there we became friends for a long, long time, super long time. Uh, I don't know. Uh, um, sorry as a matter of fact that was going trying try to call me um <laughs> on my phone. anyway um you know we became friends and i i'd gone i gone in and out of different different clubs and shops, uh shops um and stuff like that trying to uh you know try and find my way in this whole leather thing you know so sure <clears throat> during our during the course of of our thing you know, he had people coming in from all these different clubs, um, you know, from everywhere. You can imagine, okay, the, the, the silliness that happened there, <laughs> you know, plus yeah. the business that we conducted there, it was, you know, um, it's just one of those things. And we always told ourselves, we're not, we're not ever. you know what, let's make a pact right now, dude, because we were offered from a lot of people. I mean, here's two guys that offer uh you know have something to offer like a service you know here he fabs here i i you know make things out of leather and you know it, it, they're good people to have around if if you need stuff you know, that's how i've always felt people looked at us like you know or these type of people so uh, i don't know man i we always decided we're not gonna do it, we're not gonna do it. we're not gonna do it. we'll never join the club and um he finally like i don't know man it was like a <laughs> Hey, dude! Like, I've been hanging around with these guys. And I was, what fucking guys have you been hanging around with? <laughs> oh, now you have, you have friends, right? Now, now you have friends, you have more friends, right? I just stupid, but um, yeah, he decided that's what he, the route he wanted to take. He's like, dude, you gotta meet these guys. They're fucking rad. Like, there's, there's like, a, there's no real structure. Like, there's. He told me all these great things about this stuff. I was like. I don't even know if it sounds like a club, no structure, like uh, you, know, you know. And um, so I got, I got into it. I, I got into it with them. I, I ended up in Payson one time, and he—that's when he made his uh, deal with the devil, so to speak. And so he was, you know, I was there. And and then from that point, I got to meet everybody. Before it was only fairy tales and, and great stories, and oh. then I told nah "No, nah, fuck you! I'm not going to, I'm not going to join this. Show. You're stupid. It's all hell." So I, like, I don't know. Long story short, I, I followed him. I went to the show. I went to the the to his day, you know, and um, I met everybody anywhere from San Diego, to Arizona, Ohio, like every, everywhere, you know, all the brothers from San Diego, uh, LA, and stuff like that. So. We had a good time, great time. I met everybody and I, I fell them up, dude. I found up with all those guys. They were they were fucking rad. They're definitely a bunch born to get rad, dude. They want to party and they partied really, really well. They parted pretty hard too. Um I've always liked it. And and here's what's really cool about it, you know, to me LaRouche is family, man. That's that's how I look at it. Um we're not just guys calling each other brother and shit. Like we're going to go pick up or help somebody move, or help build, or lay cement, or we're laying bricks, or, you know, putting down sod, or, you know, shit like that, and we're driving great distances, like, I'll drive from here to LA, you know, to go, or to San uh, San Gabriel, or South Del Monte, to my bestie's house, dude, and I'm over there helping them do whatever I can, whatever, whatever we do, you know, sure, so to me, that's what it is, it's, it's a bunch of dudes that were just born to get rad, and they do it all under the guise of, being normal people, you know, with normal jobs and and shit like that. But and, and it, we make it work, you know. We we try to see every each other where whenever we can, and and when we don't see you, it's like like we never had anything, and there was never any time that lapsed, you know. Right. I don't know. Right. Does that answer your question? If you want more.
2: So it does seem like what they showed on the actual Sacred Steel show was was pretty similar to what you're talking about in the in the sense that. It was more than just bikes. It was guys being willing to help out with other people's homes, meeting other people's families. It, it was so much more than just you're either a fabricator or a painter or a leather worker, and that's all we do together. Do, do you feel like that accurately describes your, your, what your experience has been like? This guy muted himself again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah. Did I again? Yeah. Oh, you I didn't did. even touch it. <laughs> I don't know how this keeps okay.
2: happening.
3: are we recording or no?
2: Yeah, we were and we still are. Um uh, okay, you, okay. you can just jump in, I'll punch this in.
3: Okay. So um yeah, that and much more, man. Like I said, it's uh <clears throat> it's it's been an experience that uh you know I didn't ex expect either. Uh in the in the end or in the beginning I was jumping two feet. Because I was supporting my best bud, you know. Um, I told Eddie I'd go anywhere with him. I go, I go anywhere with him. I'll do that. I'll do any dirt. I'll do whatever I get. Whatever, whatever the fuck. No questions asked. You don't need to ask me a damn thing. Hey, dude, we're gonna go do this. Okay, no problem. That's that's how my loyalties are to people that I really care about. So um, when he went, when he joined, you know, I, I, that's where, that's where I was at at the time. And then I, I started meeting everybody, and then it was like you see it firsthand. It isn't just people calling each other "fucking brother." You know, we've we've uh, we've had people that have done that before, and then you know, kind of just kind of just left. You know, um, I've never thrown that word out um, to say like j- just to say it. You know, I mean, half uh, of these guys, I tell them I love them because I do. You know, there's a, a, a you know that's like no homo shit. It's the real real shit. Like that's what people do this for. You know, they, they, they ride around and it's just a common camaraderie and brotherhood. Like it's, it's really a brotherhood to me. You know, it's not like, you know, like I said, you know, you could go anywhere else and and join anywhere else and not to talk shit on, on anything, 1% or whatever percent to me, it's like, uh, I don't know, dude, It, it, it's, um, it's not, it's not our style. That's not our style. That's not my style. And once I found out that's what it was to me, it was like, it's the world, you know, Um, my family first. And that's what they really press, you know, Hey dude, you're not going to fuck your, your livelihood up over this shit. Because in the end, when we first started this shit, it was a bunch of bunch of dudes that just wanted to get rad on the weekends or whatever, or whenever they could just to escape normal, normal, whatever was their normal at the time, you know, from the stories that I hear and it kind of, it still kind of holds true today. You know, we're, we're all guys that are still on the grind trying to make a dollar, trying to trying to stay up, you know. And anywhere we can, we try to meet up with each other and we just we party and hang out and do that kind of thing. But, you know, on the normal stuff, you know, we're literally going to people's houses and barbecuing and getting with the fans and, you know, hanging out with brothers in San Diego, like we'll ride down there, they ride up here. You know, just the other day. Those guys rode all the way up from uh from la and and fucking south del monte you know they just have breakfast in, in the mountains up here with me and shit so it's it's that kind of thing there's no there's no real nothing and you're not pressured to do anything it just comes natural. Like these guys are natural fucking crazies you know and i love them to death dude i'll fucking it doesn't matter like nothing matters nothing matters you know It's right. I don't know. You're just not pushed to do anything that you don't want to do. You know, I I don't know how else to explain it.
2: Well, I think that's the coolest thing about what you what you guys have got going on is the fact that you're not forced to do anything. Nobody's telling you how to live your life and you and you actually want to spend time with each other. You know, that's that that should be what it's always. But it seems like nowadays it's a rarer thing. You know, like, uh, do you, do you guys have like uh,
3: like older brothers and shit?
2: Yeah, I have like old older. Brother.
3: You guys, right? Are you guys like actual brothers, or you're not brothers?
2: No, we we had a, our own club experience together. That's where him and I, Loctite and I, met each other through that, and we had stepped away from it at the same time, and then started doing what we're doing now. So, in much in a lot of ways, it, it's I'm. Um, Picking down, picking up everything you're putting down here, because what we said, that's where you fucked up. What's that? I said,
3: see, that's where you fucked up. (laughs) You should have said, yeah. (laughs) And that's that's what it's about, dude. Like, I'm just joking. You didn't fuck up. But I mean, like for me, if somebody would ask me that same question, I would have been like, yeah, that's my real brother. You know, sure. Um, That's that's where it's that's where it's at, you know. I mean, dude, there's stories. I could go on and on about shit that we, that I've done <laughs> with some of these fucking radicals, dude. But, you know, from bailing some, helping somebody fucking get bailed out to fucking helping someone escape from an emergency room. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a pretty rad experience. Escaping from it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I don't know what the 5150 was about, but I'll tell you right now, we, we definitely didn't let that happen.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it definitely seems like you guys have a have an awesome thing going though, and that's super cool that you found it. We do, and you know what's really
3: crazy too. Uh, one of the things that appealed to me the most was that you're we we're not in the recruiting business. Uh, you know i I don't see anybody that around me anyway. Um, that I would say, you know what? I'm gonna let like, let's go and and ask them if they want to join. That's what that's the that's the greatest thing about this. You yeah. have to just you have to know somebody in essence or whatever, and then you you just gotta hang around. You gotta hang around and meet the guys, and you know you know they, they give you, some of them give you a little bit of a hard time, you know. It's but I, and I don't like to use the word prospect and no shit like that, but that's kind of how you get treated a little bit, and you know they expect you to kind of dish it back. That's what that's the greatest. That's the greatest thing about it too, you know? Um, sure. You're not, not tied to one thing. They're not going to sit here, hey, bitch, give me a beer, and I'll be like, get your own fucking beer, you know? But if you say, oh, yeah, man, give me some beers, yeah, then I'll go, <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's just weird. It's, it's everything that all the other stuff isn't, you know? Yeah. To me, when, when I think about it, you see what's on TV, you see what's in real life, and this is none of that. This is something that is, for, for me, as, as OG as it gets when they first started doing this thing, you know. These guys coming out of Vietnam creating these clubs, you know, and they were, they were just wanting to be around each other still. So that's, that's kind of how it is. No, no real bona fide tough guys. Nobody trying to press anybody to do anything. You know, they're not trying to get you to do anything stupid, ruin your life, or none of that shit, you know. I don't know
2: if that makes sense. It does, Matt. It definitely does. And that's, that's fucking awesome. It seems, like, uh, it seems like a great group of guys. I met I, had, uh, I met Jeff when I was in Ohio. And oh, sweet. He was out at uh, Greasy Dozen back when you could still have events where people congregated in large groups. <laughs> yeah, no shit. It's I been didn't... a fucking while. Um, didn't he meet short arms too? I don't know if he was there. I think it was, a, was, was he it.
3: drinking O'Doul's? <laughs> a guy just, if there was a guy drinking duels there. That was Jason. <laughs> that, that was definitely short arms.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I met him there. I remember Jeff specifically because we were sitting at that fire, and I guess he had been listening to the show and just recognized the voice, which is unbelievable. I still was blown away by that and still am, that it's like you just overhear just talking to me, talking to my wife. And he's like, it's a really familiar of voice. And I'm like, <laughs> No fucking shit. Did you really <laughs> pick that out of the crowd? But yeah, he's a super cool dude and uh, had the chance to chop it up with him. And just, I know I would already seen, you know, I'd already heard about it through seeing on the show, some of the bikes that was coming out of uh, Jason and them. And it just seems like such a great group of guys. So it's awesome that you got linked up with them. It seems like a perfect fit.
3: Yeah, and he's uh, Hef is in our charter, so you know he's uh, he's been you know kind of a mentor. To, he's kind of a mentor to everybody. Kind of you know everybody has their own contribution to this thing, you know. And I, to me, I kind of I kind of I kind of got attached to him, attached to Eddie. I mean, basically, most of the guys in, in our little area, you know. Sure. Uh, and and like I said, it's it's one of those things. Like I hung out and I liked it. And I wanted more of it, so I started uh, hanging out more. And then uh, at some point, I got vouched for and that was it. And then from there, I had to kind of just do my thing to to get in there.
2: That's awesome, man. And so not to switch subjects too quickly here, but uh, you've also got, before we jumped on the air, we were taking a look through your garage there on on the video, and you're also running a a printed press out of this place. You got a hat press in there. It, wh- what's all, what did, where did all that come from? Is that something, are, is this something you're doing full-time with all of these, these things that you got going on in the garage? Um, no. Actually,
3: uh, as of now, um, it's not full-time. Um, the shop that I was working at with, with, with my uh, best bud, Eddie, you know, um, yep. It kind of he kind of let the shop go, and he had all he has, he had all this equipment. So out of out of Rad Bastard Customs, we were also not only was he, you know, doing fab and 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 stuff like that out of there, and you know, leather goods were coming out of there. He was also printing T-shirts for the shop shop T-shirts, and you know, we were trying to market him and sell him and stuff like that. And um, basically, it was all this equipment that he had, and it ended up at his at his place in el monte he didn't have room for it i told him, hey man why don't you just bring it up here i'll store it for you you know and he was like well instead of storing it why don't we just kind of try to revive this thing so um i just got a screen for for my shop logo and a little by little i've been kind of trickling out shirts here and there to people that i know just trying to get the feel for it i i definitely don't have an expertise on it at all um I barely even knew how to, how to use the damn thing. And then um, he came up, he rode up one day and just kind of ran me through the whole thing. And um, that's pretty much it. I've, I've been trying to reprint some of his old screens and uh, some of, some of the new ones with my logo on him. And that's pretty much it. So I ended up with his, uh, his, pa- his like a four, four pallet screen press and an oven and, and a heat press to make hats you know? So we're doing a lot of club stuff too. Like, so um, like club hats and things like that. And we, they go on the, the LaRouche websites, you know, the
1: support sites and stuff like that. That's awesome, man.
2: That's a lot of, uh...
1: I think I actually, did I talk to you about making some shirts for us at one point? Uh, I don't know. I think you may have. I think I did like last summer or some shit. <laughs> I know. And I'm
3: such an asshole, dude. I have a hard time getting back to people right away. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, I'm, I'm busy too. You know, I, this is just one, one little slice of the pie. You know, um, I have a daughter that's, you know, playing soccer and kids that are playing football and volleyball and things of that nature, trying to keep a happy wife and all that stuff. So I'm busy, busy, busy. And I, I, sometimes I overlook things. So if I didn't get back to you, by the way, then my sincere uh, smile. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure we talked. <laughs> <both> on it. <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's, for anybody listening that may have felt like I, I ignored them, let me tell you, I didn't do it on purpose. I'll tell you that much.
2: Yeah, it definitely seems like you got enough going on for more than one person.
3: Yeah, man, I really do, but it's fun. It's all fun. It's all things that I enjoy doing. And, and, and that's, that's pretty much where I'm at right now in this, in this life, man. I'm trying to ride whenever I can. I'm, you know, working on these goods and doing other things, selling Christmas trees, all kinds of shit.
2: Yeah. (laughs) All these things that are very, very tied together with the Christmas trees. (laughs) Oh, that's oh, awesome. So as we, uh, as we get to the end here, do you have any, uh, do you have any advice for people that want to take a stab at leatherworking and maybe make a little something for their bike to put a personal touch on, on, uh, on their, on their bike? Yeah. Um, I say you just need, uh, you need a lot of patience,
3: you know, if you're going to do it, start start easy you know um there's places that sell kits where you don't even have to cut out your own patterns like i have shit ton of patterns that i made on my own um things that that are kind of like a custom to one to one off pieces that are on bikes and things that people have already um like i said by no means am I, is my as my leather business super successful <laughs> okay it, it really isn't I, um i think i think it has a good uh, an appearance of like oh yeah man he's making a lot of shit doing a lot of really cool things and i i always appreciate you know when people say hey man you, you know your work is awesome and, and all that stuff but as far as like uh like making money at this thing not really i you know i <laughs> i feel like you get very few people to spend tons of money on a custom piece made by two hands a lot of people would rather go and spend you know a hundred bucks on a Chinese bag versus, you know, two fifty or 300 bucks on a, on a custom bag. Um, or, or, you know, as an example, so it's tough, it's going to be grueling. Anybody who wants to try to get into this, it's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of downs, you know, versus ups and you got to really love doing it. That's if you're going to get into it, just be prepared to love doing it. Otherwise you're going to fizzle out like a lot of people that have, that I've come across that, have wanted to learn, you know, I'm always open, you know, you guys know my webpage, I guess, hit me up, DM me I don't know what what these young guys are saying, but, you know, DM me and shit and uh, I'll, I'll give, I'll give information wherever I can, you know, Um, patience though. Patience is probably the biggest thing. You got to take your time to learn the craft. Don't, don't think that you're going to be like, one of these like uh masters of leather because i i will tell you right now i'm nowhere near that level but i you know i i take That's a lot of time to refine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i'm like you know. <laughs> well thank you but i you know i i still take time to refine my craft man um even when you know i'm not posting stuff there's still tons of things that i'm working on and making and and you know trying to get out there and things and so um anybody trying to do it start easy you know start light Learn to love it, and then uh, learn the patience. That's it. Learn to have patience, and that's it. If you can do it, you can teach. Like I said, I can teach you all my techniques. But if you don't have, you don't have it in your mind, and you know to be to be easy with what you're working with, it'll it'll never come. It'll never come.
1: Right. What is your most like uh, requested thing? Like, what do people usually hit you up for? Uh wallets and. Wallets and seeds. I, those little keychains you make are fucking dope. Oh, with like, uh,
3: like the different things. I mean, yeah, I like those. Um, I like those. I like doing little stuff like that. Those are more challenging because the real estate is very small. Right. So you're, you're like, you're really trying to fine tune. it. So like I've had, I bought second sets of tools so I could shave them down and make them smaller and things like that. So I can really get in there and do like the fine, the fine uh, tuning stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, hit you back up because so I definitely need a new one of those. I just literally just broke mine two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, just let me know what you need. I'll,
3: I'll get you squared away. Cool. It'll be uh, it'll be on my dime, <laughs> chat. Right?
2: No, I think that that kind of sums it up. Yeah, dude. I just want to say thank you so much for having or for jumping on the show with us and taking the time.
3: Oh, you're welcome, man. It's it's a, it's a pleasure. Like I said, I was going through the other the other casts and i was just like listen, i was like these guys are fucking pretty rad so I, I i'm pretty honored to be on it thanks man i
2: appreciate it absolutely man we were stoked to have you i can't wait for people to hear this check out some of the work you're doing and i hope that it sends more people your way that that would be rad that would be rad but um They'll have to wait a week. I got to get this shit in order. <laughs> my garage is fucked up. <laughs> I got to take down these wind chimes. I got a whole bunch of shit. I got to get done. <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> yeah. I'm uh, no time. I love it, man. Well, hey, thank you again, and uh, we'll be talking to you very soon. Right on, man. Like like I said, hit me up. If you guys need anything? It'll be on my dime. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. You got it. All right. Later, my man. Okay. Bye. We're back, motherfuckers. Huh? Oh, that was a good one. I am fucking. Stu- if you guys haven't taken a look at that dude's page, you need to get the fuck on it. Seriously, talented, motherfucker. Seriously, RBC leather design. Still blown away by the color. The color is like it's crazy. Right? It doesn't even make sense to me. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, other than you know, adding a little moisture to it, just fucking. I don't know how. I don't know how it's done. A fine detail brush, I'm sure, but uh, yeah. Take a look through the dude's page. Tons of cool shit on there. I'm, I was glad to be able to chop it up with him. So let's give the people some updates. I want to kick this one off because I gotta pull. The, I gotta pull the people again. See who. See who's out there holding potentially the stuff that I need. I already have some of the stuff you
1: need. You don't got the narrow, though. You got the wide. I have 39 millimeter narrow glide trees. Let's bring the people up what we're talking about. So
2: we were in the garage before jumping into the studio tonight and taking more dad shit off the bike, cut all the wires off of the bars. There are no more wires going to the bars. It's just a fucking a brake, a one throttle cable, and a clutch cable, and that shit ain't even going to be there long. Because I got the shorter cable ready for the foot clutch. But, turns out, I'm a fucking idiot because I just did the transmission, forgetting the fact that I was just going to have to do it again as soon as I wanted to change the clutch cable.
1: <laughs> Sick.
2: Yeah. That's the worst. I got used to the Yamahas where you just pull the clutch cable off, it's on the outside, yeah, and then just slap a new clutch cable in there. And I, for whatever reason, I was like, yeah, I'll just do all this stuff now. the and then I'll just pop the clutch cable out later. Doesn't work that way. Need a new gasket. Need a new everything. Oh yeah, right. Because I didn't even take it off. I just took the drain plug out last time. But this time I got to take the whole cover off. Yeah. The good news is when I took it off last time, I um, I took the back exhaust off and the front exhaust off for something else that I had to get to, mm-hmm. and neither one of them stripped out or like broke a stud. Which is always, like, a dangerous thing. With the Roadstar, it was, like, thin fucking ice. Yeah. Um, and I put a bunch of that, like... Whatever, that, uh... Penetrating... It's, like, some weird-ass one, like, Midwest something. Can't can't even remember who gave it to me, but... It wipes off all the corrosion, so I cleaned everything up while it was in there. So that I don't have, like, a rusty-ass bolt that I'm putting it back onto. Yep. So, that helped a ton. And... Yeah, when I get back in there, I got to do a whole new gasket and all that shit. But point being, I know I said I was gonna keep this one stocked for a long time. I'm already failing at this.
1: I well, already I mean, want to swap as you the, keep the motor out. training stock.
2: Yeah, that I want. That I don't want to fuck with. Um, I do have a little bit of
1: weeping from the base gaskets, but I'm not overly That's concerned. About That's that. not even a big job. But you could do that at night Oh yeah. Yeah. Simple. You're gonna have to take the motor out. Oh shit. That'd be dope. Yatsy. So I want to swap the tank out.
2: Tank's big. I love. I mean, as much as I've loved being able to actually get far distances without filling up constantly, it uh, it does not. Oh, it, that the the amount of enjoyment I get from that is not more than I get from looking at a smaller tank yeah. on the bike, especially next to that motor. And shout out to Chicken Rick on this too, because he posted a picture of. And actually, I want to shout the guy out to give him credit. So weights and pains. Uh, that's a separate thing. We'll get into that one in a second. Um, he posted a picture of Muertos Vivos down in Panama. This bike, the one I sent to you with the pink flames on the tank. Yeah. So this is a Evo Softtail with what looks like narrow glide front end, 21 front wheel, still got the front brake and stock fender. In a, in, a, in a tiny little peanut tank. And that thing looks fucking gorgeous. I saw that picture and I was like, fuck, dude. I think I need
1: to rip the tank off of this bike. Yeah. Like, quickly. Like, yeah. before Deadbeat. Yeah, well, Deadbeat's like fucking two and a half months away, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's gotta, before that.
2: <laughs> that's gotta happen. Um, but, here's the dilemma. I got the big-ass fork shrouds in the front with the cat squishers. And... I don't know. So say I found a 21 front to put in there. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen a couple people run the 21, like the, the narrow on the, on like the big fork shrouds. And it not look that bad, but it's so hard to tell what it would look like with a small tank and the big fork shrouds.
1: And it would be very disproportionate. Especially if you're going to run the stock fender. I would probably be taking the front fender off. Are you but I mean, about the back of the fender? rear, yeah. Yeah, the, the rear fender is big. Like, big, fat, skinny, fat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, That's you have true. nothing to lose going to 39mm. Right. And it's like they're not that expensive. That's true. Because like, if you think about it, you're going to. I have trees. So I have 39mm trees. Oh, do you? That are already polished. I have. Well, so then you're going to buy. I'm assuming six over tubes. Yeah. I so the only thing you need is lowers.
2: True. Yeah, yeah. You I just I need mean? 39 millimeter lowers. That's it. So if anybody out there is holding 39 mil lowers, it could be a buyer. And then the other option here is is to keep the wide glide up front because the back fender is wide.
1: Well, actually, you need the internals too because you'll need the spring and all that bullshit. But True.
2: I mean, it probably would be cheaper to buy the whole set
1: yeah you could I've never bought like a whole entire set but that's the
2: other thing is the other option is to keep the wide glide up front 41 mil six over on that and then just swap swap out for a 21 take the front fender off
1: I mean I'm the wrong person to ask I know you're a big narrow glide guy I I hate wide glides I just like (laughs) and not even that people can't make them look good because I've seen them look good yeah But my preference is, and everybody fucking knows, is narrow glide. Even if you can go smaller than narrow glide, like the The most super narrow, with the 21 inch spoolie up front. And, like, if I was getting, like, this doesn't mean anything because this is not my bike, but if I was building your bike, it would be narrow glide, front end with a 6 over, 21 inch spool wheel, shave lowers, tight bars, and an axe tank. With a. Some kind of fucking... I would pretty much do what Rick, Chicken Rick did on his first, when he first yeah. bought his bike. Just narrow that thing. So, Like, his bike, you could not... Like, you could not make an argument, like, that thing doesn't look like a chopper. Right. It looks you know, every like, bit as much like a chopper. Like, anybody is. that's not in this world... Like, and when I say world, i in the chopper Chop, community. Yeah. Probably seen him riding down the road on that and was like... I remember that bike when I was fucking seventeen. I back paid in nineteen fifty. <laughs> riding the hardtail, yeah. <laughs> Cause it like he just did such a good, clean, narrow bike. Right. And, and he took
2: the front fender off or the uh, the back fender. Yeah. Way, way down.
1: Yeah. So
2: that's the other thing is deciding what to do with the back. Because I need to keep the back. It'd be dope if you
1: ran a fucking your style of a crazy Frank Fender. That would be... Like, made your own Crazy Frank fan. Right. That would be sick. Have
2: Tony make the seat. Yeah. You know, make a it. That would be so dope. Nests right into it
1: and just... Call it a day. And that's, like, pretty much, like... They said you will still... Feel like you're riding your skinny, narrow chopper. But you're on, like, a reliable fucking Big Twin 80 and Jeevo. Right.
2: Yeah, because this thing (coughs) on
1: the highway is fucking
2: blast dude i love the thing um but yeah i just i just can't i can't stick with the with the dad looks of it you're just pulling more and more and more and more
1: listen i'm not even gonna feed into this thing of like you saying that like you can't deal with the dad thing because it's in your like it's just who you are you cannot even if that wasn't a dad bike you would still be fucking with it yeah, but that's, that's just what it is. <laughs> like you need, yeah. you cannot yourself buy a bike and just be like I'm riding this. And that's all I'm doing to this bike. <laughs> yeah, I, I told myself I was gonna. I. Uh, <laughs> it's so hard. It is because like is. the fun part, especially for me, like I love riding. But the fun part to me is like bring that bitch in the garage and be like what can I do to this? Right.
2: What can I change? I've wanted to change the shifting since I got since I first fucking got yeah. it. It's so awkward to to ride it the other way. I can imagine. That must be weird as fuck. You're just reaching for something that isn't there the whole time. I'm starting to get the hang of it now and, like, feel more normal on it, but... It's also weird to, to, cut, to be coming to a stop and, like, very calm about it. Yeah, not like, am oh, like, fuck. Oh, fuck, am I in neutral? <laughs> oh, shit, what am I doing here? All those little things where you're like, what am I going to do about this? So... That's a deal right now. If anybody's holding a, the uh, 39 mil whole front end, I've got a 41 mil full fat boy front end with the wheel, with the, you know, the nacelle or the shrouds, whatever you call the fucking thing behind there. Anybody wants to do a swap, hit me up. Anybody that's just got 39, wants to sell, hit me up. Preferably local because I found out with wheels that shipping this stuff
1: is catastrophic i think honestly if you're gonna go about it that way i would like i said i have the treaties for you. you can just have them um i would try to find someone that's selling a set of four tubes and lowers that we have all the internals yep and you just need to buy your new tubes and then just buy a brand new are you running a front brake if you change it to an airline maybe yeah, yeah yeah just to just to be able to stop on the hills a little bit so, I mean either way even if you're not buying a 21 inch spoolie you can buy a brand new 21 inch wheel for 240 bucks Yeah. And just have it be shipped. You know, it's not fucked up. It looks good. Right. You know what I mean? So. Throw Avon Speedmaster on that bitch car. Yeah, today. good to go. Yeah. I used the Avon Speedmaster on my shovel and then didn't use Avon on the rear. What you use? Because I wanted on the a different rear? stance. What did you use on the rear? Uh, I can't even fucking. Remember. Oh, I think I did a uh, Shanko on the rear. Yeah. Because I wanted. Well, I'll leave, finish your stuff and then we'll yeah. get into that. So yeah, so that's the deal with that. I did get the cable,
2: so I'm ready to start working on a, a foot clutch system for it. I have an idea of how I want to make it. I got some stainless from work. Then I think I'm going to use as a, a little a tube to hold the cable, and then I'm going to flip the shifter linkage so it faces down and accepts the end of the cable into it, and... This is going to, it's harder to describe than it is to just post a picture once I actually do get a sense of how I'm going to run it, but I could not, I should have just had Motion Pro make the cable. I might still return it. The one I got is still kind of long. It was the shortest one I could find, but it's still 50 inches and I feel like it ought to be more like 40 inches, maybe even 35. Um, so, But I, but I got to mock it up. It depends on how far it goes into the case. Right you know what I mean how much slack is taken up and all of that so i think this weekend i'd like to start welding it up start welding it together getting it all mocked up and see if it works and right then I'm, it takes some time then you got to play with the throw and make sure that there's like enough engagement zone where it's not just like on and off so i got a little i got a little bit of work ahead of me with that um i was a, i was a good Chopper builder this past weekend though And actually uh, Soldered the wires instead of just I don't um, have ever done that I was fighting the urge heavily to just Because Fat Man came over He's like these are the ones that, uh, that you need to save These are the ones you don't That dude's a wizard with uh, Knowing the wire colors and what they do um, Definitely has that fucking memorized So he came over pointed them out to me We twisted them together made sure it fired And I was so ready to just stuff them in there And be like I'm just going to electrical tape this it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. But uh, then I looked over the soldering iron and I'm like, it's right there. It's right fucking there. Yeah. And then I was like, eh, but the solder could be anywhere. Solder was right behind it. <laughs> so I'm like, There's, if I don't do this, I'm just a piece of shit <laughs> at yeah. this point. Yeah. So soldered them. I don't know what you're supposed to do
1: after you solder them. I soldered them. Then I electrical taped them. And then I electrical taped the whole bundle together. Yeah. I mean, I think like even when it's soldered, you got to cut. You usually have to think people would shrink wrap it or something. A better man, yes. Because, like, you can't just leave it, like, just open. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, you don't want it to just be catching <laughs> right. pools of water and, and shit just like light that. light your bike on fire. Yeah, that's no, that's no good. So, those are all deleted. All the wires are gone. Once the clutch cable is off the left side of the bars, that's the last thing that's up there. So, that'll be totally clean. The right side brake is disgusting and huge. Um, I really do want to look for one of those Nissan ones and do the little tube situation. You know uh, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I just can't find That's any. That's
1: what Brandon and Bob run, I think. Do they? Just like the rubber tube on top of the master. Cell, yeah. saying Yeah.
2: Yeah. A lot of people use the Nissan caliber for that. Um, the other thing too is I don't know how, how much, uh, bore size matters, but the one on the XS is a 13 millimeter bore. And that thing is so fucking tiny. That is like the cleanest little brake cylinder. But I don't know if it works. Anybody out there who knows about this stuff, I feel like it's a question for a Rapaport with the fucking rake and trail. (laughs) Tell me about bore sizes and be like, actually, it matters a lot. Bore size does
1: matter. Does it? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Damn. Yeah.
2: Well, that's unfortunate. So, yeah. Maybe I won't be able to. Tell me if anybody has run 13 millimeter, boy, do I want to just slap that one on there. (laughs) But uh, if you have, if you have um, what am I looking for? The link
1: on a fucking Nissan for a decent price, or if you're holding a Nissan, I'm all about it. What's the for your front brake, though, right? Yeah. yeah, so that's already a smaller caliper than your rear, so I'm sure that probably, you could probably get away with a smaller bore size. I mean, I don't know what the exact number is. Yeah. Me I know uh, that dude Rudy that I know, yeah. he ordered one from like France. That is super small.
2: Is that the one with the finned cover up yeah, top? Yeah, yeah. Fish like tank, tiny, has that too. tiny, tiny. Yeah, those are those are the nicest looking ones out there, but they're just they're three hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, and I'm like,
2: wow, for a brake lever, this yeah. is a lot of money.
1: Meh, I don't need front brakes. Yeah, man, you don't get more metalized than that. But once you get the foot clutch situation going at the same time, it's a lot. I almost just foot clutch my shovel. You should, you because should I don't have the fucking. The whole like clutch lever assembly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, I'll fucking jockey ship this bitch right now.
2: I have it. I'm gonna be taking mine off if you want it. For what? Clutch lever assembly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's
1: right. And the clutch cable. That's right. You can have them both. I have the oh, clutch the cable. cable wouldn't work for you. Yeah, I no, I have the cable.
2: Yeah, take the, take the lever assembly, the assembly once assembly. I pull it off.
1: I have the lever itself, just nothing for it to attach to because I sold it the front oh, end. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Gotcha. Because it was on that, it's attached to all the controls. Oh, on the it shovel, was part of the clamshell. So I was like, well, I don't, I'm not gonna not give someone the controls. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, see you later, bye. Then somebody gets the controls and they're like, I don't want these disgusting fucking controls. No, the dude was restoring a shovel. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was so stoked. It was all like factory original shit. Stoked. Perfect. So yeah, he was like, I just bought a front end uh, two days ago, but this one is so clean and all factory. And you see this right here? I'm like, cool. 350 bucks. Take all day. <laughs> Take it away Sold Yeah that's definitely
2: Yeah if you can use it man Take that thing Throw it on there
1: Yeah I don't I think like if I'm gonna like Jockey shift the bike That's not gonna be The first one I do Yeah that's true do to be fucking Smashing that thing up Like so fucking that paint up Is like I might as well Just pay for a Well I mean not might as well Like paying for a Home new paint job Yeah that's the scary thing about nice paint jobs. Scary thing about fucking candy paint. For real. Fuck. Fuck. Um. What else you got? I think doing the
2: seat would be sick. Yeah. Like you said, it, making uh, my version of a crazy Frank's type setup would be dope. I think would be would be a fun project to yeah. do. And then. Little brother can make the seats. Shout out to Tony over at Hyde Seats. If you need yourself a seat made. Hit that motherfucker up. that's who I'm going to be hitting up. Um, to make a little... That's HYD, right? H-Y-D-E seats. Yep. So, yeah. I think that's the move for me. Uh, you might be right, honestly, to just get the new wheel at a certain point. Yeah, I would.
1: It. It's just less of a fucking hassle. Fucking,
2: I don't think I'm going to change the back. I don't. Have oh, any you can issue run the solid wheel. With, I don't have any issue with the solid wheel on the back. I kind of, I kind of dig it back there. Plus, I, I like the idea of it being tubeless. That's actually the only thing I'm bummed about with
1: spokes, is. So how about this? The new wheels that I just ordered. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a new thing. This is one hundred percent the first time I've seen it. These are spoked air quotes, tubeless wheels. So, I mean it's
2: 2020 I'm sure they can do it I don't dude, know how so that so when works, you but.
1: When these wheels come in You know how spokes usually have like, that uh, You put that strap around it Yep To protect it mm-hmm. So this is like A rubberized coating That goes around The whole inside Of the rim Over the tops Of the spokes mm-hmm. So you can run Your hand across it And it's just like smooth So you can essentially Not run Tubes in these wheels It says tubeless rim Wow and I was like, no. Run the tube. Yeah. Fucking give me that tube. <laughs> not dealing with that shit. Yeah. I just don't trust it. I mean, I'm sure it works. Sure. But like, I'm not going to run spoke wheels and not put a tube in it. That's just too sketchy. But it is an option now, so.
2: Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it, yeah I think people do. Aren't the, the fat spokes uh, tubeless? I don't know. I've never one of those. I never I've never, it. ever mined one.
2: Yeah, I haven't either. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much where that's at. I'll have more updates next week after I get into some of the foot clutch stuff and start trying to set that up. Decide whether I'm going to keep the floorboards or do forwards and all
1: that stuff. Yeah, how does that bike fit when you are at It has uh, it has, yeah. it has uh, mids on it. It's got I mean like it's got semi, floor,
2: it's got floorboards so
1: like semi forwards semi
2: mids yeah they're not that for. They're not as forward as the floorboards on the Roadstar were. The Roadstar floorboards were perfect for my leg size. It was like right where I was comfortable. These ones, four inches shorter than where
1: I'd like them to be. If only you knew a fabricator that could add four inches Mm. onto that fucking bracket.
2: Right? (laughs) Call that guy up. (laughs) But at that point, I might just... If I'm slimming everything down, I might just want to go with the pegs yeah in which case that's even easier to make the pegs yeah cause the other part is separate the pedal is separate from the floorboard it mounts to a different area so I could just make a little peg mount pop that coming come right off on either side and then do it but I should decide that before I start setting up the foot clutch yeah cause that'd be a problem yep decisions decisions
1: something like you got some moves to make yeah Lots of moves So what's going on with the uh, What's going on with the shovel So the shovel is I would say 99% done uh, Got the clutch all reassembled again BDL all set mm-hmm. uh, Well I don't want to say all set I still have to line up the motor and transmission But I mean it's all together um, I got to put the spacer In the rear wheel mm-hmm. Because for some reason The wheel that I ordered ended up being like Probably a little shy Of a quarter inch thinner than my stock wheels which is weird but whatever um so i already made the space i just have to take the wheel off put it on um put the new brake rotor on figure out my clutch setup which is literally just find a fucking setup and then uh hook the oil lines up put oil in the bike and wire it and it's done fuck yeah it literally could be done in a night um yeah, that's pretty much it. I think it's pretty much a done fucking build. So exciting. I to put dude. some miles on it. Um, We're riding this weekend? Hopefully. I'm hoping to ride a stepchild this weekend. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to ride a stepchild. I mean, the uh, um, white trash bike this weekend. Cause I kind of, been, I don't know. Shit's fucked up for me this week.
2: As long as we can ride this weekend. Yeah, um, as long as, as I can
1: find a throttle cable, I'll be fucking good to go. But, uh, yeah, what I was saying with the wheel, so I ran the Avon uh, Speedmaster 21 inch up front. Mm-hmm. And in the rear, I ran the Shanko. I forget what it was. It wasn't the 777, though. The Shanko, some fucking Shanko tie. super cheap. Mm-hmm. But I did that because the Avon rear wheel has such a high fucking sidewall that I would have lost that drop that I just cut out of my suspension. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I opted off with the original like street tire that's like super low fucking sidewall. And I don't know. I think it just gives it a mean stance. And it's a little bit wider of a tire. I mean, it's a stock width of a tire, but it's wider than the Avon fucking safety mileage. Right, and with the rear springs in the back and the exhaust coming on the side, I just like it would look weird with a skinny tire in the back. So
2: I agree. I think you're better off to keep it that way.
1: Yeah. So I'm super happy with the stance. The stance is fucking perfect. But uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have updates soon on how it rides. I can't wait. I'll be interested. Can't wait to see it on the road, goes. dude. I have not had. I don't have many miles on that bike. Yeah, like at all. I probably bought it and ripped it apart. <laughs> You're with the motor, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I really want to ride that fucking thing. Oh, I bet. Bad. It must be Jones and... So bad. And then... So I found out I am... Uh, I don't even know if I'm supposed to announce this shit yet. Um, either way, so... As of right now, the... Shovelhead will be... In the Chapa show at Seaside Bike Fest, do you remember the date on
2: that? September, uh, either 24-25 or something 25, like that. Twenty six.
1: Um, we'll get the date. We'll start running this a lot more on the show once it starts getting closer. But uh, you'll be there too, right? Oh yeah, I'm riding down. So Greece and I will both be at Seaside. Um, the show will be there. Twenty five and twenty six. Twenty fifth, twenty sixth of September. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing like a a van and motorcycle show Friday night. And a Saturday night is a chopper show. Quick update
2: on that, too. All bikes must complete a pre-show ride to participate. Yeah. And all are welcome on the ride. So, even if you're not in the show, you're welcome to ride, too. Yeah, Dusty was
1: saying that uh, when I was talking to him. um, Yeah, so I'm bringing the shovel. I think he said it was, like, a two-hour ride. Yeah. so a good long ride. Yeah, which is fucking cool. Um, So, the shovel will be there at the show. And then... Well, I guess the show that I'm doing before that is going to be Glory Days, which is September 12th, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I'll be out at Glory Days with the shovel. Um, Maybe the stepchild, too, if I can find a way to get both of them down there somehow. Um, So I'll be there. Are you coming to that one, or are you busy? September 12th. This one, I'm not sure yet. So if you guys don't know, this one's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, super dope show. The venue's fucking sick. Um, so yeah, I'll be there. I'm trying to maybe possibly set up a booth. Maybe. That way okay. you guys can like come over and fucking hang out, talk, whatever. Um, so I'll keep you posted on that. And then still not sure on the congregation. I'm trying to work out details with that so that you guys know uh, what ends up happening with that. Perfect. And of course, I'll be at Deadbeat Retreat. You better be at the
2: fucking Deadbeat Retreat, guys. Let me tell you. This is a year. This is a big one. We've been cooped up too long. It's ready to get fucking wild.
1: I think that's all we got. I think, yeah, I'm, I think I'm uh, pretty good. So before we shut it down,
2: let's go ahead and thank some of the people that helped to make this show possible. I'm going to piss while you do this section real quick. Sounds good. That way I'm not full for the fucking outro. We got B3, a.k.a. Babes, Bikes, and Beards, Amy Lynn Arrington, and Chris Pizzo holding it down out in the Chelsea, Massachusetts area. Give these girls a call. Uh, Hit them up on Instagram. Get in touch one way or another, because even if shit's shut down for this summer, they're going to be back with a passion next summer, doing some of the coolest shit out there at the Polish Political Club. Uh, Babes, Bikes, and Beards on Instagram. That's the handle to get in touch. Next up, we got Lowbrow Customs. Everything you need for the road ahead since 2004. You guys know them, they have literally all the chopper goodies that your heart could ever desire. So head on over to LowbrowCustoms.com, Lowbrow Customs on Instagram, or Lowbrow Customs on YouTube. Next up, we got Deadbeat Customs. Steve out there in Tuxbury, Mass. Is the man behind the Deadbeat Retreat. Which, if you haven't heard of it yet, it is the biggest fucking bike party out in this area. Oh, I didn't know the dog was still fucking down here. <laughs> Jeez, what's he laying under the bottom of the stairs? Yeah, he's just laying
1: at the bottom of the stairs. I'm wondering
2: where he went. So, Deadbeat Retreat. You need to fucking be there. Steve's the guy who puts it on. Check out DeadbeatCustoms.com or... Deadbeat Customs on Instagram and on YouTube. He's actually got an uh, awesome YouTube channel too. There you go, pups. Oh, you're not going to eat it? Fucking big time with these pretzels. Next up, we got Hypnic Jerk Customs. So many customs in a row. So we really should customs. put these in a different yeah. order. Uh, Cam is the man out there in fucking Australia making some of the dopest tail lights that you've ever seen. If you don't want to be like every other fucking nerd... You need to get yourself a Hypnic Jerk taillight. Get something custom that you've never seen anywhere else. He's also got points covers, headlights, all kinds of fun shit. Check out HypnicJerkCustoms.com. It's .com, right? It's not like .aus? I don't
1: think so. Okay. It's .com.
2: <laughs> yeah. HypnicJerkCustoms.com. Tell him the low life boy sent you, and then he will get some weird pictures. Yeah. All right. Uh next up we got Faro Fabrication for all your welding needs, located here in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Got another hardtail in the shop. Fat Man Custom Motors is building a goddamn shovel head. So I got a Voodoo Vintage Hardtail going on that frame this week. Shout out to Mike over at Voodoo Vintage, by the way, um, for making some of the best fucking hardtails out there. Anytime I see one of those come into the shop, I'm excited because I know it's gonna be an easy install. And got a fucking, some kind of bike-loading aluminum ramp for Harley. So that's going to get fixed up. Nice little aluminum welding project for the week. And then I got some tanks for uh, Rogue Within Reason. So shout out to you guys for trusting your projects with me. If you got something that you need welded, hit me up, ferrofabrication.com or ferrofabrication on Instagram. Last but not least, we've got
1: Loctite's motherfucking Chop Shop. Conveniently located at the motherfucking Unicorn Ranch. Uh, we do a little bit of everything, maintenance, full bike builds, uh, whatever the fuck you need, we can get it done. Um, as of right now, I'm really not taking in any new work, because I am motherfucking swamped. Got too much goddamn work. Um... Gotta finish up these projects first, but if you have any long term projects or anything you need help with, hit me up and uh, we can figure it out. Also, go to my personal page to follow um, what shows I'm gonna be at, Lockside Shop Shop on Instagram, and check out the motherfucking YouTube channel, Unicorn Ranch, and uh, just dropped a new video last night. It's a vlog style on Ooh. shaving. Uh, oh, I lowers. saw this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check it out. Love it.
2: All right. So, as we roll into the weekend, I have some long days and some long nights to take the dad out of this dad bike. Yes, that's a fucking good one. <laughs> I like that one.
1: <laughs> what do you got for these people? Oh. It's Friday, motherfuckers. Nick's got the dope leather, so hit him up and make that wardrobe better.
0: No.